Hello and welcome to the SmackDown 6 podcast, the only podcast on the internet covering the SmackDown 6 era of WWE, a time when in-ring action was perhaps the most important it's ever been on WWE television up to that point. And the focal point of the show were six men, and they were so important. They were they had the best matches on the show, but they weren't the only highlights of the show. There's other guys on the roster who we're going to talk about tonight that you'll hear all about, and we're covering today, the January 30th, 2003 episode of SmackDown. Coming to you live to tape from the Rush Center in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And let me just be clear. I am your host, Matt Vaughn. Every week on this podcast, I have a guest co-host. And some are more equal than others. This week, I'm with someone who is equally equal. My brother, Will Vaughn. How are you doing, Will? Equality for all, especially the most equal of all of us, which is me. Thank you very much, Matt, for having me on the show. I'm very excited again. Uh, a quick return, a quick turnaround for the old Willski. Talking smackski. In um, <laughs> near the city near Milwaukee. I don't know if it's close to Milwaukee at all, actually. Uh, it's not not close. Talking Smackski, by the way, is the uh, where, the the version of the television show that, pers- that follows SmackDown in Chicago. Talking Smackski. Talking Smackski. Who'd win in a match between Brock Lesnar and Dicka? Da Usos. Da Usos. I don't know. There you go. There. All right, we're on. We're nice. This is a hot. This is a hot start, Matt. This is a hot we're opener. Ro- it's like uh, Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio at SummerSlam. That's right. Exactly. We're gonna go nine minutes. It's gonna be great. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but, and, and everyone listening says yes, please. It will be. Thank you. Yes, exactly. You suppose uh, have things to do. Now I like it because the show is in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is kind of right in that metropolitan Chicago area there. So I feel like I'm not stripe. Uh, kind of. Uh, I'm not going too far from home by that making that kind of that close connection there. Now, Will, something fun about this. This this episode that we're covering today, the TV rating, real quick, did a 3.2. It did not beat Raw this week. Just a reminder, we're in this long stretch where SmackDown did not beat Raw for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And uh, it might be because the show isn't good. I don't know. I don't. These shows aren't necessarily bad, but this one's well, interesting. Who's, who's on Raw right now? I think Triple H is still on top, right? I mean, that is... Come ratings, on, ratings, boo, booyah. And, he, and I think he's got a, a rematch against Scott Steiner coming up at uh, the No Way Out pay-per-view. So everyone's tuning in to see which competition they'll do this week. I'm guessing Tiddlywinks. Matt, what do you guess? Uh, I was going to say Cornhole. Uh, but I, see, I, I think it's a game, by the way, that. folks. It's a beanbag toss game. You always have to clarify that in Canada. The beanbag toss game. Yes. Sorry, just to be clear. Yeah, of course. I don't know what else. Gosh, I don't know what else I'm thinking there. Sure. Uh, now, something I wanted to point out. I was shocked that we were back in Green Bay, Well, because 21 weeks ago on the podcast, or 21 weeks ago in 2003 time, uh, we were in at the Rush Center in Green Bay. The Rush Center in Green Bay had opened like the week before. We had a SmackDown there. It was actually the SmackDown where Batista had his final match. Before eventually uh, yes. he would return later on, but Historic. he was. Uh, I know uh, that was the the biggest point I could pull away from that episode. <laughs> it's like the Batista biggest, was there and he was gone. The biggest point I can pull about the Wretch Center, looking it up on Wikipedia, the only yeah. website you need for any sort of research. Of course. Do you know what their WWE capacity is, or did we talk about it at the time twenty one weeks ago? I have to go nope. back twenty one episodes. Do you know what their WWE capacity is, or do, would you like to venture a guess? I have I have some intel from my my own okay. sources, which are not Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sources say I have my so own sources. The rumor uh, and innuendo. Yeah, was it? No, the number I've seen was forty five hundred. I saw fifty five. Okay, fifty five. Okay, far. yeah. This is this is not a big arena with a, like a ton of people. No, it's another. I, as soon as I saw the inside of it, it's like another disappointing small SmackDown arena, like the one they did. I think it was in Alabama in like late December with like the the square pattern that you can see oh, on the yeah. ceiling. Not unlike the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, but that one's quite a bit bigger. Uh, oh, much bigger. It, way, way, way bigger. Uh, it's about as big as uh, how many bigger. 
How many uh, how many hot ready uh, pizzas, hot pizzas can, fit can fit in there? Yeah, okay. Um, no, it's it's a small it's a small arena, and even some stuff where they kind of uh, the ringside cameras kind of get a bit of the um, hard cam side. It's all. Uh, curtained off it is all oh, blacked off this arena man. folks is really small it has pretty much no upper bowl uh right it's probably you know i guess if you're living in halifax size of the scotia bank center i think that does well about- half the size you can get ten thousand for the scotia for hockey at least for hockey well their their capacity for hockey apparent or their full capacity apparently is ten thousand. Really? i don't know why it's so small for wrestling i i do have no idea so anyway uh that's the wretch center in green bay uh, across from Lambeau Field, and if you forgot that we were in Green Bay, or that Lambeau Field is across the street, or the football team, the uh, Green Bay Packers play there, don't worry. If you watch this episode of SmackDown Television, they'll remind you, honestly, Matt, every segment. Yes, I don't I'm think not they've surprised. ever been so obsessed with a town. Like even when they go to Memphis. They only bring a, an Elvis impersonator out for like one segment. That's it. But right. they, they don't. They, I, I typically don't mind it, especially now. Right. Sure. 2021. We're still at the uh, UCF Thunderdome. Uh, they're not going anywhere. Right. So it's, it, it, you know, wrestling lost the charm. Or like this week we're here. The next week we're here. You know, and it changes a little bit given wherever they are. But. <laughs> Uh, yeah, th- this was really like, okay, no, guys, I think I got it. I-, I don't know if it like really stuck out to you, but it stuck out to me how often they referenced the fact that they were in Green Bay. Considering how frequently they are just kind of like, they're completely agnostic about the town they're in. They're like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're in Philadelphia, who cares? Like, they might they might make a reference to it, but like, the most you'll get, like, the fans would have a bigger experience of it because you'll have a guy come out before the show starts and do a heel promo about the town, right? Right, yeah. That's often a thing you do. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, for this one, it's, like, it's really important. I think one of the reasons why they don't do it very often is because it doesn't really matter to the fans at home as much. Like, it, it usually is not, like, uh, important to them. Like, they don't have a commitment. Like, oh, yeah, Green Bay. Like, that matters to me. I'll tell uh, you. When way. you go to the show now, like, the last couple times I've been to a TV taping, especially yeah. the last SmackDown I went to, which was February 14th, 2020. That's, uh, first, can I just say, that's crazy that you went to, like, you were one of the last. I went last... to two shows that weekend. I went yeah, to the, SmackDown uh, in Vancouver and then uh, NXT TakeOver in Portland. Very few uh, other people have seen live wrestling since then, which is crazy. <laughs> it's true. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Just, just yeah, but the, you're experiencing those well. A gaggle of people at um, uh, WrestleMania this year. So, hmm. uh, yeah, TakeOver Portland was great. I can gloss over that real quick, and we can we can gush about that later. Uh, that was as, as great as I, as I wanted it to be. SmackDown. Um, so, I, I, you know, being out here in the Pacific Northwest, I, I have made some road trips down to Portland and Seattle for SmackDowns and Raws. We've talked about this on the show. But the, the more I go to a wrestling show live, the more I realize, you know, we're kind of the crowd is there. Uh, okay, to to sell tickets and be entertained too. But really, when you're there, you're like, no, I'm actually here. There, the wrestling is here for the TV show. Right. So we're here for them. They're here for that. Because uh, there's, you know, there's for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching at home. Well, what <laughs> trumps what? I think the millions trump the thousands. Uh, so like, it's very obvious when they're always, you know, talking to the hard cameras and uh you know if you sit on a certain side you can see when one of them lights up red and the other one lights up red like which one like the wrestlers know exactly where they're talking um 
because there's one that's slightly wider and, and one that's that's a little uh, a little close a little more close up. That's why like a wrestler can be in the ring, like find the hard cam and get those cool shots. Right. Uh, so yes, uh, especially the last SmackDown we I saw here, which had I think three matches, and it was all you oh know when you're sitting there for the show, like they'll they'll come back and they'll do you know an interview with Hulk Hogan in uh, in Florida. And then they'll go to a commercial break, and there's just so many commercials and ads, and you're just sitting there like, okay, we're advertising the next show, and we're advertising this, and we're advertising that. There's something that happens at the beginning of this show that I would like to speak to a little bit. Uh, but um, anyway, that's my experience going to shows. I forget why we started talking about it. Uh, but uh, that all being said, Matt, would I give my right arm to go to a wrestling show You know, in the near future? No, I need it. But I would pay right. for it. Yes, so, you know, but maybe I, I, you got a jab in your arm recently that'll allow you to go to a wrestling ooh, show in the future. I, perhaps, yes. Not the right one. They, I still got the right one, baby, as Ray Charles said um, in the Pepsi commercial. Um, I, right. I I got it in my non-dominant arm, so they, they shot me in the foot. Good um, for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, Wretch Center, uh, not a big spot. Uh, but there are shows on this podcast that we have gone to that we'll talk about later. There yes, that's right. Now, I will say that when uh, Raw came to Halifax in, in 1997 – they were they did manage to get eighty five hundred people in the Metro Center at the time, which is now okay. the Scotia Bank Center. So yeah, that's one thing. I, I gotta watch that show again, man. That crowd would have been Ooh. white hot. I can't take I still, it anymore. I still haven't really seen it, uh, and I guess I'm saving a little bit. I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing a run through of ninety seven to two thousand two at some point. You are you're going well. Yeah, I guess you'll come up against it soon. I'll get it. I'll get back to it. You're, you're right. doing the wrestling ultra marathon right now, my brother. It's I true. I, we salute you for those about to rock. I had another thought for after this podcast. I'll tell you, I'll tell you off mic sometime. I think it's a bad idea, and I don't think I'm going to do it, but I had a thought. Okay. There we go. So, folks, let it. me tell you about last week's episode before we get into this one. So, just as a refresher, it's been a week since you listened to it, unless you saved it for six days, in which case it's been a day since you listened to it. And so, on last week's episode, it was the first SmackDown after Royal Rumble. The team Angle was in action. Charlie Haas, Charlie Haas lost to Chris Benoit. Try saying that a few times. Right. Shelton Benjamin lost to Edge. But then Kurt Angle came out on top against Rey Mysterio with a really fun kind of conclusion. If you remember that correctly, it's a fun little ending to that. Uh, Will's trying to remember what it was. It's where he gets him in the electric chair drop. He drops him face first. Then he rolls him on his back and then flips over and pins him there. So that's like a fun thing Kurt Angle did. It was a cool thing. But then the episode takes a hard left turn when Hulk Hogan returned. Oh, boy. He soaked up the crowd's adulation and then punched another new returning figure, Vince McMahon. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> SmackDown last week that we the stuff you're familiar with ended abruptly and then for 20 minutes it was just a very different kind of show. It's just a brand new television show for you. Yes, I agree. So we get to see what this is like. So we're going to see going forward exactly what's going to happen here, which is good. I have to say, you know, last week I did give the props at least because traditionally after pay-per-views, in my experience covering them on the show, the SmackDowns after pay-per-views are not great. They're just like mm. these weird kind of codas to, to the pay-per-view before. Nothing is building up there. Yeah. It just seems very much so like they build up to a pay-per-view and someone goes, oh, we have to do a show in two days. Ooh, shoot. Okay. Uh, and they yeah. just got to throw some things together. So speaking of other shows, Velocity. Aha. Now I know a, a Velocity match. I, I, I know a Velocity match that was advertised during SmackDown. Oh, you do? Yes, you do. I'm excited to tell you about that now. Yes, I want to hear about it. This so, is yes. what I've been waiting for. So the good folks at the Rush Center in Green Bay, Wisconsin, they saw these matches beforehand. And finally, we have some dark matches. For some reason, for weeks and weeks, there were no dark matches listed here. So the first one, Funaki defeated Jack Edwards, who I guess is just some guy. Isn't that the name of the, uh, the That's guy? That's the name who... of the coach, the coach trophy in the NHL. Is it? No, no, it's not. That's <laughs> Jack Adams. Sorry, never mind. Jack Adams. Okay, no, what's the name of the guy who is the, uh, the commentator for the Boston Bruins? Is that Jack mm. Edwards, too? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Oh, boy. 
Uh, yeah, anyway. you might be right. That sounds yeah. like somebody who would commentate for the Bruins, by the way. Exactly. So anyway, Funaki beat him. And the second dark match, I have exclamation marks next to both these guys. Nathan Jones yes. defeated Chris Canyon. Okay. So we have better? Some, some new and some old. Uh, yeah. And I think we're going to see Mr. Canyon on the show shortly, and I think we'll have to cover uh, what he does there. It'll be interesting. We did not get a Nathan Jones commercial on this episode of SmackDown. Interesting. We didn't get to hear about the Colossus of Boggo Road, unfortunately. Boggo Road. The Colossus of Boggo Road. Boggo Road. Yeah, uh, J- John William Adam Edwards is the um, – yeah, yeah, he's the he's the Bruins guy. Sorry. There we go. Perfect. I needed that for me, folks. That was very selfish. And then so Velocity. So Jamie Noble defeated Mike Bucci with a sling blade neckbreaker, which is what Matt, Josh Matthews called the name, but it is not at all what you would recognize today as a sling blade, which is now a move in wrestling that is not at all what – Jamie Noble well, did. Sling Blade is, is uh, who do you associate that with more, Seth or uh, or Finn Balor? Finn. Yeah, Finn, of course. Yeah, you would. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Should I be offended uh, by, by the way, No, no, no. Uh, this, see, <laughs> you would. No, that, that I, I realize how it came off, and I, I meant it insultingly. No, Mike Bucci, he still wrestles, Matt, uh, under Bucci. Oh, Man. yeah. Yeah. You know <laughs> no, Ask do you know, me a you, Gucci Mane song could not begin no, to no. consider thinking of naming one. I just know he's a, a person I, that exists. I still think I would know less than you. Now, you actually know Mike Bucci, though, which is a fun thing. Okay. Who, who, all right. Okay. He becomes I did si- see somebody. I did see somebody on this show backstage. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who I'm just like, is that him? I'm like, oh, yeah, he is from Wisconsin. That would make a lot of sense that he's an okay. extra on this show. Uh, but yes, go with Mike Bucci. Wait, you didn't see Ciampa there, did you? Uh, no, but Ciampa oh. does show up on SmackDown. He oh, does. That's not until like 2008, right? It'll with his be long hair. He looked awesome. He looks awesome uh, now, by the way. Yes, he does. Uh, Simon <laughs> Dean. Mike Bucci is Simon uh, Dean. Simon Dean. Okay, the Simon system, of course. Yes. yes. Nova, so, right? And he's Nova. And the interesting yeah. thing is that he actually wrestled at SmackDown house shows at this as time Nova. under that. As Nova. He would wrestle. He actually yeah. teamed with uh, Rey Mysterio a little bit. Not sure why he's got this lame normal name. They keep doing that. They keep having guys from ECW on here, and they keep being like, ah, with the, he's just some schmuck. It's like, that's a former ECW <laughs> tag team champion. Respect, respect please. Respect his name. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of uh, respect for ECW competitors, Nunzio oh, got a go. schoolboy roll-up on Chuck Palumbo. That was good for the one, two, three. Uh, oh, a little FBI, uh, um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. inner, uh, inner turmoil, perhaps. I said, I, I wrote my notes. I said, I hope these guys get along soon. They need to start getting along. <laughs> I might add Mike Bucci. sounds Italian. Get him hey, on there. Yeah. Maybe that's why they put him on here in case he's like, hey, what's the matter, you? <laughs> Nunzio gets a little uh, gets the uh, the rub on this episode of SmackDown as well. Yes, he does. Chuck Palumbo is just it's it's just it's depressing to see what he's doing week after week. Chuck Palumbo is on the show. Well, not so, on the show. He's on yeah, no, exactly. he's on television on Saturday nights. Uh we finally get to see Red Dog in action. Here Red we go. Dog, he he beat Chavo Guerrero. Uh, oh. And what? he beat him. Yeah, he beat him with a finish I've never seen before. So I'm going to see if I can describe this properly here. So okay. Chavo's got Red Dog in position for Gory Special. So he's got him in like a powerbomb position, right? Right. But so instead, so Red Dog does, you know, the, the kind of the classic back body drop thing to get out of it. But yeah. he kind of, he does that thing where uh, you kind of stay, Chavo kind of keeps his arms around him. So Red Dog's kind of bridging and Chavo just gets pinned that way. Mm, okay. Like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a, kind of a strange thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm picturing Red Dog just standing up and going, uh, it's basically, a, basically, he's going from a crouched over position all the way to a bridge. So he's just like, uh, like I don't know. It's, it's funnier little, in my mind. Yes, and you're you are doing a visual that I'm enjoying, which is kind of like there's a real tree falling down action in my mind. Basically, he's basically, a little, yeah, he's a little bit more uh, graceful than that. I will say. 
I, yeah, I would think he's in way better shape than I remember him. Like he's, he's way he, he's he's a he's a enormous man, and uh, he's he's cut up pretty good here. Um, it's a big I'm, pup. Yes, yeah, he looks good. Big After, pup, yeah. Yeah. After the match, Chavo puts an STF on Red Dog, and they give they give a name for the STF. Do you want to guess the name of the STF here? It's a gimmick name. Oh, uh, for Chavo? Yes. Uh oh man, I don't know. I don't want to try to guess it because I'm going to say something horrible. Josh Matthews calls it the Lowrider. Oh okay, All which right. is like that's, okay, yeah. that's not bad. Yeah, and so when he's got when Chavo's got Red Dog in the STF, John Cena runs down, and then ah. Eddie Guerrero runs down, and Los oh. Guerreros come out on top. So a little bit nice. of fun on velocity. I would well, I would have loved to see that. Yeah, John Cena came down to steal the STF as well. Exactly. Yeah, he was like, like I'm also move. called the Lowrider. <laughs> and then, Will, yes, the match that Will saw advertised this is the main on event? SmackDown. This better yes, be the main oh, event. Yeah, of course, oh. the main event. Oh, yes. By the way, and just to be clear, this is the Tori Wilson Don Marie match, and they talked about it all night. They is were this they, five, no, no, is sorry. This... Just to be, I, I'm so sorry. Before they started the show, the show Velocity opens with a video package from Royal Rumble. Yes, they start. Like, <laughs> they start the show by being like, "Just so you know, we, it's the big blow off for Don Marie versus Tori Wilson." And I, I was love like, "They're okay, doing this I, with their Saturday Night Wrestling show." Oh just, man! Just to be clear, Tori and Don have wrestled twice on pay per view since October. Tori won both handily, like, really and then there's. Easily. Yeah, and then now on Velocity they're like, we gotta, we gotta revisit this. We gotta have the rubber match. <laughs> well, Don did say this was, this isn't over. She, yes, exactly. She did. It's true. It's true. And so, Tori Wilson hit a DDT on Don Marie, and can you believe it? Tori Wilson went three for three in beating Don Marie. She didn't use a swinging net breaker. No, oh, I know man. it's crazy. Well, She's... of course. Well, well, it was used earlier in the night with Jamie Noble. I'm sure. That uh, there was some sort of producer went up and was like, "You can't do the neckbreaker tonight. You got it. Jamie's already got it." It's like, "What do you mean?" Sure. It's like he's got the he's got the neckbreaker. I'm sorry. And Jamie's so. like, "What's that guy doing over there? That looks like a fun job." Huh, I wonder. Yeah, he becomes a producer himself <laughs> later in life. Exactly. Um, that's uh, that's <laughs> that's a, a fun choice for Velocity, I guess. Is the nicest way I can put it. Yeah, like, they just ah, that's fun. Something do a little something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. A little bit of business. Uh, yeah, a little bit of business. Uh, okay, and then, yeah, and that's Velocity. That's it. So we're, now let's talk about this week's episode of SmackDown, which Will actually yes. did watch, so we can talk about this. So we begin with a video package showing what's happened on the show last Thursday with Stephanie declaring she had a bombshell drop, which was that Hulk Hogan was back on SmackDown. And so we see some clips of Hogan's incredibly long entrance, followed by Hulk saying, I signed a new contract, dude. I just signed a new. I remember him saying, "I just signed a new contract." I think that pops up in like video packages later on, and uh, I'm sure. maybe maybe we can get into the small details of that contract in a second. But I do want to say, when you go to the show, right, and you're there, and you watch dark matches, you watch Velocity, you're like, "Okay, it's great." And then like the show starts, and they do like the you know what did you call the weird bug at the beginning with all like the the jumbled voices and stuff. Oh. Um, <laughs> That Randy Orton would probably understand. Uh, whatever you know, right. once they they play that thing, and then they show like these video packages from last time. You're like, last week was this, and you're like, oh, it's happening because it's like this the last thing to happen before you see the the wonderful SmackDown action in front of you. It's so exciting, it really is. It's like it really that happened exciting. last week. What's going to happen this week? Like it's just, uh, it's uh, it's a great feeling. It's this great feeling. So I got to ask though, maybe yes. you brought this up last week, but Steph. Steph's opening last week was was a little was yeah okay so you did talk about it why is she well, so I'm just gonna say it, why is she so chesty in that I don't understand it's strange when I mean they, I understand but right it's strange when they sexualize their general manager it's it's weird like it's weird that they're like on the show they're such just like I talked with with, with uh, it was Daniel last week about it where 
you know, they kind of have a divider. Like, here are the women you objectify. Here's the woman you respect. And then every now and then they're like, eh, we're going to objectify her too. That's right. And it's like, it's like I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's just – that's where they are at the time. We're just like there's no real uh, – there's no self-control on the on the behalf of anybody there. She's kind of like, I'll just get. It's also where Stephanie's in charge. Her dad is like, okay, now this is where you show your cleavage a lot. It's like I don't know, yeah. like I don't know who's giving. Or I guess it could be Paul Heyman. That's even weirder, maybe. I think you'll show. Yeah, I. I um, <laughs> oh, no, it, it was weird. What else is weird? Last week uh, was that weird announcement right in the middle of the show where Tony Chimmel goes, "Yes, coming up later, Stephanie." And then um, during this Hulk video package, it also has Chimmel just be like. Ladies and gentlemen, it's and it's like you needed to announce it. I think we know who it is, but whatever, it's fine. Hulk's back. He figured out what did he have to figure out? He figured out he didn't want a job to Brock again. <laughs> right, at, it's uh, a Survivor series. series. He signed a brand new contract, uh, and then yes, yeah, so going going, he signed a brand new contract, which I think lasts like three years, or two two more years or something, right? I guess He's, so. I don't know. I don't know the, the finer details of it. Think but. of the last thing I could remember Hulk doing in WWE is that match against Shawn Michaels at at SummerSlam 2005. Yeah. He wasn't at WrestleMania the year after. He was. Nope. Uh, he did attack Muhammad Hassan in Los Angeles the year after, but that's about all I can remember him doing. He doesn't do too much this year. I don't think. No, I mean, yeah, I just we'll WrestleMania. To... Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll figure it out. I can't remember anything else he does besides like these next two matches that he has. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, well, I guess we'll see. We'll okay, see. Oh, sorry. you know what? I guess we'll, we'll see. That's the point of the show. Uh, he actually does have a feud with uh, with Roddy Piper that we'll see. But he also he, right. he takes on another uh, character. Judgment Day, yes, and he takes on another. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. That. We'll get there. Oh, baby. You know, we, we were up close and personal, baby. Um, man. So, yeah. Yes. Hulk Hogan so comes out. Vin- yeah, Hulk comes out. Yes. And then Vince McMahon comes out, and I love it. He walks out, and he has a shocked look on his face. <laughs> He's so shocked. Like, he didn't know Hulk was, like, in the building. Like, yeah. at, we know, like, outside of kayfabe, we know Vince sits right at Gorilla with a right. headset on. So, literally, everybody walking through, he's probably, like, the last person they see, right? And yes. the first person they see when they come back. Um, his face. And as he's walking down, I'm like, Vince is either the worst actor in the history of broadcast television or... He's amazing. So I think that second one is correct. Because <laughs> <laughs> some of the things he does are just so like, you've got to be kidding me. He does a great one tonight. Um, really good some, one tonight. Yes. He's good at promos. He comes out and just, it's so funny. I love being disappointed. I, I love him saying, oh, I'm, I'm terribly disappointed. <laughs> terribly disappointed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Hulk Hulkamania, like the recently uh, recently passed Al Wilson, are both dead. And look at his face; he's so gleeful. Yeah, he's like, in in one moment, show. confirms entirely who was responsible for the Al Wilson angle and who loves it. You can in that moment, he, you can see him signing his name to the Al Wilson angle and saying, oh, "Approved." Yeah, I, every week, I love this. Yeah, VKM. Gets it's the, good. S word. Yeah. Uh, and so Hogan says, <laughs> Hogan says he wants to face Vince, and Vince is incredulous to that suggestion. And so Hogan hits him and leaves. Now, of course, Vince makes a point of saying he doesn't answer anybody. He doesn't answer to a higher power. He only answers nice. to Vince Kennedy McMahon. Yeah. And then I didn't even think about that. You're right, higher power. And then Hogan yeah. hits him and leaves, and, and he tears his shirt on him. And like Vince has like the Hogan shirt on his face, and it's like so he can't, it weighs like 100 pounds. He can't get it off him. He's kind of like <laughs> sputtering there on the room. It's he, perfect. So I mean, the the answer to this is obvious. But last time we saw Hulk, 
Brock Lesnar murdered him. Yes. Why does he not come out and be like, I've got unfinished business with Brock Lesnar? I know Undertaker comes out and says, I got unfinished business with Big Show. Um, obviously, yeah, that, and the, that was and then more a, recent. And the Undertaker right? does like a tight five on the on the. He says, uh, what about you? What do you do for a living? You know, exactly. I work for the Packers. Yeah. OK, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he does. He'll I know do you, you're looking at me. Yeah. I know what you're thinking, right? You're thinking well, that guy looks like a cross between. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Hogan does, or that's what Taker does. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Hogan. You know, reasonably, Hogan should come out and say, "Yeah, give me some Brock Lesnar." But I guess he's just kind of like, I guess he just understands that Brock is in his own kind of like he has his own battles. <laughs> yes, I respect. Then why does he come out and say, "I respect that"? Listen, Brock, you won the Royal Rumble. Uh, you've changed as a man, as a person. You dumped that that slime ball, Paul Heyman, or rather, he dumped you in unceremonious fashion. Uh, I've tangled with Big Show before, brother. I know what it's like. Uh, so I threw him off what? the I took threw him off the roof of a building. Once. <laughs> and then he came back like later that night, didn't he? Yep, he was fine. He <laughs> was good. Although Hulk did hit Rock with an ambulance, and then Rock just showed up the next week. Uh, on the, the television show, so um, you know, man, uh, I miss The Rock. When is he gonna uh, show back? Up? I Freak. I don't I don't think we'll see The Rock again. We always, he's always in the intro, and that's just what happens. He is a couple times. He's, he's in there, and Hulk's back in the intro too. That's what I was gonna say. So we hit the beautiful people intro. There's okay. a brief clip of Hulk Hogan, and yeah, there's still they've never taken The Rock out, even though it's been months since we've seen The Rock, and they he's still in there four like fifty people times now. right away. And I think it's like Rock Taker, is it Rock Taker or Rock Brock Taker, and then Rock again? I think is the opening. That almost sounds like beatboxing. Rock, Brock, Ticker, then Brock. Rock, Brock, We'll get to a rap later on, man. It's going to be glorious. Oh, boy. Yeah, of course. Well, I forget you transcribe all of John Cena's raps we get on the show. So, so yeah, Beautiful People hits, and then Cole and Taz tell us about that Vince will answer Hulk Hogan's uh, his, his challenge tonight, even though we kind of heard him already ch- answer him by saying, I'm not going to fight, fight you. So I guess that's, a, I don't know what the drama is there. Vince gets like a hand ringy uh, animated, uh, uh, you know, placard photo of himself, which is yes. fun because you just look so devious. Oh, it's so good. Uh, it is really funny that the guy who's like in charge of the company comes out to no chance in hell. Like this just, it's, just, it's still, there's things that are still so funny about this. They're just like, mm-hmm. he's the boss of the company. He's just like an outward villain. <laughs> uh, we're, we're also told that Chris Benoit and Edge will face Team Angle to determine the number one contendership for the tag team titles. That will end up being our main event. Oh, but snap. First, okay. We begin with Rey Mysterio versus A-Train. Yes. So Rey Mysterio comes out, and he's he's got a real look because he's wearing a shirt around his waist, yeah. a toque over his mask, <laughs> and his beard slash goatee is in his little bitty braid. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, just he's, doing he's a lot copying, of things. He's copying Jericho. He's like he's, DDP when DDP first broke in the business, and, and you know, I think, who was it? Dusty, I think, told him that he was doing too much. He had a, a, a crazy outfits and a big cigar and all sorts of hoo-ha going on. I think he had a diamond earring. Actually, the diamond stud was actually Scott Hall. But, uh, right. yeah, Ray um, Ray came out last week with the uh, shirt wrapped around his waist uh, and, and, like, hanging in front of him. And yes. I'm like, that's a very Ray Mysterio thing. Very, I, very... I did mention in my notes he wore a toque because uh, they're in Green Bay, Matt, and it's cold. Uh, yeah so that's how he rolled up to the arena maybe it's hard with the mask right maybe you can't tell it's like oh is this still on right exactly so we see uh we see clips of a train beating ray up last month followed by a train injuring him with a chair after the match and then so a train comes out and uh tony chimble introduces him he says uh, a train is coming from boston mass i don't know why tony chimble he always shortens massachusetts just to mass i don't know why he doesn't say the full name maybe he's just afraid of saying massachusetts wrong it could be a Cumberbatch uh, penguins uh, situation where Benedict Cumberbatch can't say penguins correctly. Maybe Chimble just can't penguins. do Massachusetts. It's hard. Maybe. 
And then, so, okay, before we get to the actual match itself, on the way to the ring, Michael Cole says that A-Train has momentum, especially mm. since facing Undertaker last week. But here's the problem. Uh, not only did A-Train lose to the Undertaker last week, but in the weeks before, and this is me going backwards <laughs> from that day, he was eliminated from the Royal Rumble. He yeah. lost to Ray and Brock in a tag team match with Big Show. He lost yeah. to Brock Lesnar, and he lost yeah. to Edge. The yeah. only win came against some scrub on Velocity after the Edge match. So he's... <laughs> So A train has negative momentum. The train is firmly not left the station. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it, it needs maintenance or something. It's just funny when they say this. They're like, oh, it's got momentum. It's like the match you are citing is a match he lost. Just to be crystal clear, <laughs> and then he hasn't lost a lot since then. Uh, and so we, we start off hot here because A train gets to the uh, gets to the ring and race. He goes for six one nine out of the ring right away. Right away, A train yeah. dodges it. It's a good move because you can recover quickly. You can yes, be like, exactly. if I hit it, it's great. If I don't, land on my feet, Ooh, baby. Back in the ring. So Ray follows up with a Hurricane Ronner, but he gets caught. So he's in powerbomb position. But he fights out of it, and he hits uh, a dropkick on A-Train from the apron. And that's all before the match even begins. A little bonus that's content right. for the people in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. And so they head in. The match begins in earnest. And so uh, Ray dives on A-Train, but he grabs, he slams Ray down. He punches him a bunch on the mat. It, you, you know, today it would seem almost MMA-esque. But back mm, then, it's a little ground less, and pound. Yeah, a little ground and pound. And so Ray leads A-Train on a chase, and when he gets back in the ring, Ray hits a second rope springboard drop, uh, leg drop on him, which I thought was cool. He like Yeah, it's like a sense on, on his back, right? He just lands yeah. his bum on his back. And then pretty shortly after that, A-Train gets this huge baldo bomb slash derailer on Ray, that double hand choke bomb. He gets him up, and he slams him down. It looks amazing. They do a great job of it. Ray kicks out at two. Yeah, I was I was I confused the derailer. I don't know why I thought the train wreck for years was the derailer. I mean... Uh, Yes, a man, maybe a Mandela Mandela effect uh, thing going on, but uh, yeah, I don't remember that. Um, but it, it it happens here, Matt. We we have seen it. I made this exact mistake for weeks on the podcast, assuming that his so backbreaker was the derailer. I'm ashamed of myself. Yeah, and I just continue the same thing. Uh, Michael Cole tells us that the referee of this match, Mike Sparks, is turning thirty <laughs> His today. Thirtieth birthday, and Taz lights him up for it. Yes, he's, he's like you can't oh. believe he's telling us about the ref's birthday. <laughs> Who cares? It's the ref's birthday. Now, Apparently, it's a thing that they don't like mentioning the refs. It has to be a thing that's like recent. I'm sure, but they never like mentioning the refs by name, even though like fans know the refs because like all the refs have Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts and well, stuff. We know all them former... now because they're now they're QAnon guys. That's the problem. Well, one they're... of them is a QAnon, guy. <laughs> or uh, maybe more than uh, that's one of my favorites. Too, other... too bad. That's another kettle of fish right there. Yeah. Okay, Juge Luis. Anyways, yes. Okay, were, were you shocked to hear that Mike Sparks is turning 30? Yeah, it's also, and this is, sounds so mean to Mike Sparks, it's also, it's like, that guy's only 30? Okay, okay how old did he look? Because I would have guessed 39. I mean, he does look like he's almost 40 years old. Like, he looks like like, yeah. a, like a total middle almost middle-aged dude. Like, yeah, just, uh, he's, he's Mike Sparks. He's than I am now. Yes, I know. Well, Big Show's also, I think Big Show's like uh, 14 um, and, right. at this time. Yeah, he's super young. It's it's one of those things where if, if you were younger than them at the time, they'll always seem older to than you, you know. Yeah. So I'm just you know, yeah, Mike's Sparks. Yeah, maybe marrying uh, Earl Hebner's daughter has that effect on people, makes them look older. I don't know. For those who don't know Mike Sparks on SmackDown, he's probably the most forgettable wrestler, uh, the forgettable yes. ref in the entire show. Every other ref, you, yes. you have some kind of like it's either Mike Chioda or uh, Corderas. You know, Corderas, right? Yeah. Like those are. I mean, in Canada, we'd know Corderas a little better, maybe. Uh, but yeah, Mike Sparks. All due respect to Mike Sparks, definitely the most forgettable ref. Which actually, Matt, does that make him the best one? If you don't notice him, some say the best refs you don't notice. 
I, I like a little bit of personality. Although I did see a video of Earl Hebner counting a pinfall today, and he wasn't looking at the wrestler when he counted the pinfall. And I was like, I guess you knew that was the ending of the match. I had a very he's strong reaction to seeing was that. Was he checking his phone? He's he was just—he was like straight. It was like—he was straight ahead, and the, the pinfall was happening over to his right. And I was just like, of all the things to not do, I would look to see if the guy's shoulders <laughs> are down. Maybe, uh, whatever. He's a uh, legend. I put in quotes. Time like eighteen quotes. Here's a very uh, weird ref question. I just came up with right now. Yeah. How many times do you think Earl's hand has hit the mat in his career? <laughs> I'm talking every single count. What is that? Count and beat, I mean, beats per yeah. minute. How many pinfalls <laughs> do you have in a match, right? Is the whole question. Or I mean, falls, usually two counts. You can have right? a one count, two count. I mean, this is impossible. I'm also speaking so specifically about just Earl. I, mean, I think did probably. Ref Iron, didn't he ref the Iron Man match? That had a bunch of near falls. Yeah. I'm, sure. I'm going to say at least one. 70 times in his career. He's hit the mat 70 times. <laughs> okay. That's, <laughs> that's a safe like, bet. conservative guess. That's the $1 Bob. Those are going over. Exactly. So, <laughs> so back in the match, A Train has this big full Nelson hold on Ray. Ray is like, in, he's in the air. His legs are behind A-Train's legs. It's like a reverse gory bomb almost. Yeah. Very good. Well, well done. I think it's a good, a good description of it. I couldn't uh, come up with it at the time. It just hit me, man. Yeah. Uh, Ray gets a big kind of stunner out of it. So he gets yep. out of it there. And then Michael Cole makes this kind of like, oh, Green Bay, home of Vince Lombardi. But Vince McMahon is here tonight. We're oh. going to see him. I was like, thank you so much for that. There's another Green Bay reference, Will, like you said. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, Ray gets in an electric chair position, but he counters. He spins into a DDT on A-Train for two. And then I like I like the ending of this match. Ray drops A-Train into prime 619 position. And so Ray mm -hmm. runs to go hit the 619. But while he's running, A-Train gets up. He destroys him with a bicycle kick. Looks just amazing. drops him to the earth. And then picks him up, hits the train wreck backbreaker on him, and pins him one, two, three. No big deal. As if Ray Mysterio doesn't matter. And, uh, yeah, I felt bad because A-Train's been a loser recently, and Ray looks like a loser here. Uh, and, and Ray has never beat A-Train in one-on-one. He lost uh, both times, the time when he got injured and the time right here. Yeah, uh, there's a sign right after the mat someone has. The sign says, A-Train is hairy. Okay. Uh, not, wrong. not wrong. Yeah, I was uh, I was surprised. I was a little surprised that A-Train uh, won here, but it, it makes – I mean, it makes sense. Uh, Ray did a lot of his leaping. Uh, a train did a lot of catching and, and putting him back down again. So it's like, what's he supposed to do? Ray's got to chop the big man down. That's what he's got to do. We're, he's got to go low. He went high too much. Yeah. Come on, Ray, you can't go high. I know you just celebrated a tag team title win with your own son, but still, you know, if you're gonna make it in this business, you got to go low, brother. Yeah, exactly. You can't be Michelle Obama in wrestling. Uh, they say A train is storming down the tracks oh at the end of the match there. Yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, the match is a little, you know, action packed, even if I didn't like the ending too much, but it was it was an enjoyable little affair to start off the show. Yes, it was. And, and so we go backstage with Josh Matthews. He was interviewing Paul Heyman, asking if Big Show will face the Undertaker, and Heyman says no, because Undertaker's just out for revenge. And he says, when Undertaker arrives tonight, and I was like, who is he, Edge? Uh, yeah. He'll be disappointed because Heyman has given Big Show the night off. Oh, sorry. Can I mention something really quick yes. here, too? Yes, yes, I yes. about yes. last week. Vince said at the end of SmackDown that he just got there. Did you talk about that? <laughs> no. Okay, so sorry. You, you talking about The Undertaker showing up reminded me about that. Because Vince says to Hulk, he's like, I just got here. And I, I, I you know. It's, Why'd I you guess, even come, Vince? So wait. Yeah, I guess that nullifies my argument. So Hulk would have come out. And then Vince would have shown up and be like, what the hell are you doing out there? And then he would have come out to right. interrupt him. Sure. Okay, this all makes it's sense. One of those, it's one of those things where the, 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 you explain the logic. I was like, oh, well, he just got there. And it's like, okay. I'm like, wait. Why did he just get there? That doesn't Why? make any sense. The last five minutes of the two-hour show that you do 
you know, once a week or, you know, one of them. It's very funny to me. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Here's a question. So can agents just give wrestlers they manage the night off? Like, doesn't that Stephanie's responsibility to give nights off? I mean, if you're going to start going down the... Uh, is that the, really that hard? Is that really too specific a thing to bring up here for wrestling show? I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's not the only continuity error on the show, by the way. There's another one later on that I was Ooh, like, how I are we not catching this. this? Yeah, I'm going to tell I you. I want to hear this. Yeah, well, Stephanie, look, Stephanie's got her hands full with Hulk Hogan and her dad. So, you know, Stephanie only really takes care of like one thing at a time. For a while, it was Undertaker and, and, and Brock Lesnar and, you know, right. this Tracy chick and... Uh, you know, she's, she's, she's got a lot on her plate. Yeah. And then, and then one and unfortunately one time it was just her menstrual cycle was the only thing she could focus yeah, on. One of those actually happened. Things. Yep. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being ridiculous. They were, they, that actually came up. That actually happened folks. Yeah. So he's, yeah. Paul says big show has the night off. My, Michael Cole asks, is he lying? Yeah. He, Michael Cole, he, he, he brings it up in the next match too. He's very much concerned about this. <laughs> and the next, the next match is Eddie Guerrero with Chavo Guerrero. Facing now, off against John Cena with Red Dog. Yes, Will. Is this the first time we see the T-shirts? I think so. Yes. Yeah, so Will just is uh, referencing, of course, is that Eddie and Chavo come down to the ring and they're wearing their cheat to win shirts because they're good guys now. Yes. The, uh, even though Chavo kind awesome. of isn't. Yes, Chavo's not. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he he will eventually, I guess. But I love the cheat to win shirts. I saw those and the just uh, Matt. It sent me. I got to tell no. you, it was sending me. Okay. Uh, vibes, the feels, as they say. Yeah. And then so Will, John Cena comes out and he freestyles on the ramp. And I this is where I turn over the SmackDown 6 podcast to you. So uh, first of all, he comes out and he's making references like he's a Jedi and, uh, and Red Dogs is Padawan Learner. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I think it might have been last week or the week before, he, he, he dropped some raps that were pretty egregious, uh, yep. culturally speaking. This mm-hmm. one, uh, you know, not great. Latino Heat, why you want to continue this feud? I got you crapping in your pants just like Mexican food. I see fear in your eye, your face, bro. You worthless like the peso. I eat you like some chips that have been covered in con queso. Con queso, by the means, just means with cheese. With, ke- like with cheese, yeah. Covered in some with cheese. I beat you jobless. Go back to being a carjacker. Tonight against me, you're going to choke like the Packers. Oh, that got some hey From right here in Green Bay, you get auctioned on eBay. Timely. Uh, my flow is so hot, you got to peep the instant replay. Untouchable. Uh, untouchable. I what word did I write? Untouchable. Uh, and we still standing tall. You eliminated first, like the fat chicks in dodgeball. We go heavy metal. We go to heavy metal shows just to fight in mosh pits. My dog will eat you alive. You wind up in dog. Shh. And this is when uh, Cena, without B two, Matt, no booyah. This is the era in which John Cena ends his raps on a naughty word that you don't hear. Yes, it's all about you know he gets the crowd to go you know the f word they go ah and they're all very yes. excited to yell the f word yeah, that's right next, with a kid next to you like, I'm yeah exactly kid. swear word yeah that's my son I'm just screaming the f word next to my son's little face uh, yes I know I very much I very much uh, made note of the crapping your pants like Mexican food not all Mexican food is Taco Bell here John Cena can I just be clear about that. I would say Taco yeah. Bell is, you know, that's kind of a more Taco Bell thing. And I would say that Taco Bell is, you know, and, and some people would even say scarcely even Mexican food. It's its own thing entirely. That doesn't happen to me in Mexican food, really. It doesn't. Like, no. I, I, I go, I feel fine. Like, I'm, yeah. uh, this is a this is a stereotype, John Cena, perpetuated. Yeah. You, John Cena, and your enormous red basketball shorts. Yes. I was, next thing I was going to mention is that John Cena is wearing huge red basketball shorts. They look dumb. They're very big. They're like yeah. pants, basically. Yeah, they're, they're, they're huge. Huge shorts. He looks so. Dumb. Eddie jumps on Cena as soon as he gets to the ring. He's all angry. And Eddie is wearing, you know, in contrast to the stupid red basketball 
uh, shorts is Eddie's green Latino tights, which look pretty mm. classic for him. They're love pretty them. great look for him. I say I Latino tights because it says Latino on them, just to be clear. It says, that's right. No, I, yeah, you said it, and I, I, I had the, the image uh, burned in my, my memory. He looks great. Yeah. Comes right up. Eddie tosses Cena outside so Chavo can throw him into the barricade and toss him into the back and toss him back inside there. And uh, Eddie hits Cena with this great dropping back suplex. Eddie's got a great one there. And uh, Michael Cole, at this point, he questions Paul Heyman's motives for giving Big Show the night off. He calls him a liar. And Taz gives this very 2021 response. He goes, he's like, why do you care? Are you a cop? <laughs> Come on, Cole, wake up. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So, all, all Coles are bad. Yes, thank you very much for that. Uh, Cena tosses Eddie outside so Red Dog can return the favor and beat ah, Eddie yes. up. And back in, they're talking about how Cena was this great, impressive football player. And that's right when Cena hits his big stalling suplex on Eddie, mm-hmm. which is their way of kind of being like, oh, look at him. He's so strong and football-y. And look at him, picking him up. And he's showing off to the crowd by elevating Eddie in the air. Yeah, you know how you do a, a stalling vertical suplex in football? Yes, exactly. So, yeah. I think it was an NFL blitz you could do that tackle. That's right, yeah. Oh, man, blitz. I want to play that again. Uh, Eddie fights out of a headlock. He's punching, and he hits a drop kick. And uh, Red Dog grabs at Eddie when he goes off the ropes, and so Eddie tangles with him. And uh, and then when Cena goes up top, because Cena slams him, and Cena goes up top, and Red Dog has the ref distracted. So Cena gets tossed off the top rope by Chavo. And he lays him out so Eddie can hit a frog splash for the pin and the win. It's a great-looking frog splash, too. I think Eddie yeah. did that kind of botched one at the Royal Rumble, and he said, never again, Holmes. And he, he hit oh, a beautiful, uh, a beautiful, beautiful frog splash. Uh, this was a fun match with, like, two guys on the outside. You got a babyface team with a guy who's not afraid to cheat, and then, you know, Red Dog, the dastardly heel uh, partner, John Cena, obviously not afraid to cheat uh, as well. Yeah, he was upset after the match. Taz said that Red Dog was hotter than a monster in a Godzilla movie. Yeah, and he botched it too. He, he did had to say it twice, and they didn't uh, cut it. And they just gave him they gave him him doing it both times. And if you're playing the SmackDown drinking game, did Cole say Eddie Guerrero steals one? Take a shot, my friend. Yes, Take absolutely. A shot. <laughs> yeah. The, oh, and guess, yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead. They're cheating all match. Both guys are like equally cheating. They both have guys out there, and then Eddie yeah. somehow steals one. It's like come, th- at least use the you know the JRism of turnabout as fair play. I would say. I think so. That's right. Do unto others. Mm-hmm. We're gonna say there, Will. You, I... uh, no, I was going to say uh, I was going to move on from this from this match. Uh, right. Speaking well, of people, yeah. Well, we have we have to, folks. We have no choice. Speaking of folks, just showing up. Undertaker's yeah. here. Uh, so. He's got, okay, I'm just going to spoil later. He's going to drive his bike, but he shows up and he's just, well, I guess he's walking. He parked his bike. Okay, yeah. I thought he'd show, you know, arrive on a bike. Like he's going through catering on his bike. He's right. like going to the bathroom. He's got to use the handicap stall because his bike has to like kind of fit its its wheel outside the front. He's like, occupied. And, you know, he's in there or something. And then, yeah, it takes his bike. Uh, I was like, he n- no bike. He just shows up. Undertaker has got to be comfy AF, by the way, in this stage of his career. He's oh, like got boy. the hoodie and the bandana and the jeans. Like he's not just he's, not just jeans. He's got dad jeans. He's got full blown dad he jeans. Dad. He's got a bad case well, of the dad jeans here. It's also hard to find pants that fit a six foot, you know, eight fella. But yes, you're right. Fair bad, enough. Dad jeans, not quite as egregious as Big Show's jeans that he would wear uh, in past weeks. But yeah, I do. F- I mean, Big a Big Show just seems like his jeans are made up of several several pieces, <laughs> pairs of jeans. Several several uh, uh, state flags. Well, just imagining uh, Undertaker's going backstage and his motorcycle's going through craft services. He knocks over craft service table and someone says, hey, Undertaker, like, you just knocked my food over. Like, you're going to pay. Oh, boy. Anyway, just had to get that one in. Anyway, so we go from Undertaker arriving in his great outfit with his dad jeans uh, to Paul Heyman, who's on the phone. 
Yeah, with Big he's, Show. He's talking to someone with Big Show about Undertaker's survival, but then he spots someone and he says he has a plan. Oh, he does. And so <laughs> Heyman walks up to a young man in an orange sweater, and the orange sweater has a large flower on it. <laughs> it's kind of like a, a daffodil on the front or something. Yes, it's a ridiculous outfit. <laughs> Although, like as soon as I saw him wearing that, I was like, that dude would be would do great at a party. Everyone would just want to talk to that guy about his sweater. Absolutely. And would, oh my gosh. Yes. And so he says, you know, he's like, oh, what's your name? He said, I'm Brian Kendrick. Yeah. And Paul Heyman says, you were trained by Shawn Michaels, just kind of casually. Yeah. And so Paul Heyman starts talking to him about his resume. You know, he managed Brock and Big Show, and he says he can make Brian Kendrick. And Brian's like, oh. He could be the Brian Kendrick, Matt, at some point, I think. That's right. Now, Brian Kendrick, yeah. we've seen him on Velocity in recent weeks wearing masks and uh, wrestling under nicknames for um, the sports team and the towns that he's in. Oh, yes. Like, in New York, he was the Jet. And he was stealing wins until Chuck Palumbo just kicked him and beat him, which is kind of lame. But so Brian Kendrick has been around SmackDown for the last month or so, and so yeah, so he's a known we go person. From, yes, exactly. So we go from Paul Heyman talking to Brian Kendrick uh, to Stephanie in her office, and she's on her phone. So the last two segments have begun with something, uh, some people on their phone. Yeah, but Steph complains that there's not another cell phone around or something. She's on the landline in her office. She's like, I don't know. we can't get another cell phone. Come on, Dominic. Uh, she's okay. So she's telling somebody on their phone that something is unacceptable and she wants something to get done. I don't know what yeah. that was refer, referring referring yeah, referring to. I think she's trying to get uh, Vince. I think she's trying to get her dad. Like he he, he can't she can't get him on the phone. And Dominic, okay. I'm gonna guess is not Ray's son in this case, uh, but uh, like Vince's personal assistant or something. Okay. Uh, and then a hand hangs up the phone call for her, and we pull back. We see it's Vince. What a jerk move. <laughs> He's Stephanie says she's been trying to get a hold of him this this whole week, and he said he was busy. He's busy, quite frankly. Uh, he drops it quite frankly right away. <laughs> He'll drop in each and every one of you a couple times later on, but he he says he's been busy, quite frankly. Uh, he's uh, quite frankly he wants to know. Yeah, he asks uh, what the heck was the deal with hiring Hogan again, and Stephanie points out that Bischoff brought back Austin. That's right, Vince's old nemesis. So why is he mad about Hogan? Which I think is fair. Yeah, I think so. Stephanie uh, talks about why she was given the job. She said she was both ruthless and aggressive. And I was like, there we go. We're name-checking the ruthless aggression promo from months and months ago, which has uh, been so formative on the podcast. And naming the wrestling figure line that existed at the time, the ruthless aggression figures. That's right. Yeah. I'm looking at some right now. There we go. I got Brock and I got uh, Brett in my office here. Ooh, did they Toy Story? Do you know? Do you find I I hope so. I hope it was a a six-star match every time I go to bed (laughs) and I leave here. Just put on like a a Nest uh, camera or something. I will and check those things out. Yeah, I love it. Oh yeah, it looks like it looks like Brett Bladey recently actually his little figure. So who knows? Um, damn. Yeah. So Vince says Stephanie uh, had a big surprise last week, and he has a big one this week. And he says he'll share it shortly in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I figured what it was kind of right away. I was like, I hope this is what I think it is. Yeah. And we'll get. Uh, to it. Now we're not gonna get to it right away because a Shannon no. Moore, accompanied by Matt Hardy, is going up against Billy Kidman. Yeah. And so Shannon gets Matt's entrance here. She, he gets the music. Uh, he even gets Matt facts. You know, about Matt. Th- that reference, uh, well, one references Shannon. The other one references Matt. Matt thinks Shannon has an iota of Mattitude. And then uh, one, which is uh, probably something that Matt made a point of telling them about, was that Matt was the longest surviving SmackDown superstar in the Rumble, which I guess is true, but Brock won and was a SmackDown superstar. So I feel like that kind of negates his point of being, oh, I was the longest one there. It's like, well, you didn't win, and the SmackDown guy did win, so. Yeah, well, I think the last two were, were SmackDown guys, right? Was it was it uh, Brock and uh, Undertaker the last two? Yes, that's right. I just watched this show two weeks ago. I should remember. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then we hit our sponsors for the night. 
Great oh, wow. sponsors this week. That's a very these are excellent sponsors. They're yeah, great sponsors. First up, Stacker Two. Oh man, the world's strongest fat burner. Don't you just want to? Get, I want to get some Stacker Two so friggin' bad. It still exists. Does it really? Okay. I'll yeah, get some look Stacker it up. Two and some like uh, almond. Uh, Almond Snickers, or whatever they advertise later on, or some Skittles. Almonds, <laughs> almond Skittles. Ew. Uh, the, the, sec- uh, yeah. Stacker 2. So on the network, they always blank out these phone numbers, right? If you want to order tickets or if you want to call the WCW hotline, they yeah. always blank out the number. And I, and this, I do want to call the WCW hotline just you to want be to talk, Yeah, absolutely. This they don't blank out. The number for Stacker 2, and, and folks, try this at home. It's 1-800-LIGHT-LINE, L-I-T-E-L-I-N-E. Uh, which is too many letters for a phone number. Uh, it's eight. It should be seven. Reminds you of the Mitch Hedberg bit. Call 1-800-I-REALLY-LIKE-CARPETS. It's like eventually at some point, <laughs> it's just you're just going to be hitting buttons. <laughs> but yes, uh, the Sacker 2 is a classic um, a classic sponsor of SmackDown. If you Google Stacker 2, I think the first thing that comes up is a lawsuit against Stacker 2 about somebody who like took 50 tablets and poisoned themselves. So there you go. That sounds exactly correct, I would say. <laughs> uh, yes. And then, so the next sponsor is Nike's East to West Shoes and Apparel, which when I Googled them, I think what I found was like a uh, one of those things that's like, oh, man, Ni- here's a, sli- a, a slideshow of Nike's missteps over the years. Oh, and so these, yeah, are right, not, right. Uh, these are not fondly remembered. I think Jason Kidd had an association with the Nike's East to West Shoes and Apparel. Uh, yeah, I, I never heard of this. I never heard of this store. East Nike East to West Available exclusively at Foot Action. <laughs> okay. But, Folks, oh yeah. do, do not Google Foot Action at work. I just don't do <gasps> it. Do uh, not Google Foot Action at work. I encourage you. Know, Unless you work at a Foot Action store. We laugh. We kid. We serious. Don't do it. Um, yeah. Th- those, the shoes last... look, those shoes look bad. <laughs> the last one was one that's very 2003. It was the they were, the sponsor is the Axe House Party. Yeah. Which sounds like a party you could win, I guess. Like you would just like enter a contest and you have a party and invite all your twenty of your friends and then a bunch of babes to come Miami. and they spray you with would, stuff. I they guess. would make it sound like yeah, they make it sound like you go to the Playboy Mansion or something. It's the Axe right. House Party in Miami uh, that you can win uh, this party. So Axe just pays for some Airbnb and some some models to come and you get to go there and they probably get pizza that they spray cologne on and actually the Airbnb thing. would be a good sponsor for Axe because Axe you spray in the air. Very good. There you go. Exactly. If, so if a product needed to have a sponsor for themselves, they could do that too. Sure. <laughs> you so know how these is, things work. Yes. This is where Michael Cole talks about the Dory uh, Don Marie match coming up on Saturday, oh, which we talked I'm about. Oh, boy. Came out on top there. And uh, so, yes, we, Shannon Moore and Billy Gibbon have their match here. And so uh, Shannon hits Kimmon on the outside, and the crowd chants V1 sucks, which I thought was kind of an odd choice for that chant. Not Matt sucks. It's just V one sucks. You're like, I got. I don't know. I don't have any issue against V one as a concept. They like the man. They hate the gimmick. I guess. I guess. <laughs> so Shannon is being pretty aggressive here, more than usual. But uh, Kimmon fights back. He gets a back. Uh, sorry, a drop kick, a back body drop, and some kind of um, fireman's carry. Ushigaroshi gets the edge the first time in the match. And this is where I, I'm thinking about. It. I'm like, is this a non-title match? Because. I think it, they haven't mentioned the title, but it also wouldn't make sense for this to not be for the title because Shannon Moore is a cruiserweight, and there's no reason why Billy Kidman wouldn't defend it against him. Again, Jamie Noble, it feels like he defended it every week on SmackDown. Yeah, and uh, and now this cruiserweight, what's going on with the title? Is it dormant? Like why why doesn't Billy Kidman defend it? I don't know. I mean, he's not gonna. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he's. Well, there. yes, I, I know he's not gonna, but. 
Yeah. yeah, it's weird that he he's not gonna, but it's also weird that he doesn't, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shannon Moore gets kind of like a, a standing blockbuster kind of neck breaker for two, which I thought was cool. Yeah. It, it, as in he flips, which is neat. And then uh, Kidman gets an enziguri. He sets up for shooting star press. But Shannon Moore gets up. He goes for superplex. But uh, Kidman pushes him, so he gets hung up on the top rope, sending Shannon up again. So Billy hits the shooting star press, and he wins the match. So it could have been for the title. It wouldn't have mattered. That's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. There's no reason yeah. why he would make it for the title. And so Matt attacks after the match. He doesn't attack Shannon Moore, which in recent weeks, that's what he's done. He's taken out his anger on his protege, Shannon Moore. Yes. Instead, he attacks uh, Billy Kidman. He gets a twist of fate on him. He takes it really well. And uh, he even goes for a second twist of fate. And Kidman takes it kind of like the the uh, RVD style, where he kind of like hits his face first and kind of spikes himself, which is a very nice yeah. style. Yeah. Twist of fate. So Matt Hardy is... He's he's making a making a, a beeline for Billy Kidman and probably for that cruiserweight title that we talked about. Well, if he ever puts it on the line, but who the heck knows when, that, when that's going to be? Some, something Stephanie has to do. Maybe it's what Stephanie he, was talking about on the phone. She's just like, it's he, unacceptable. It's unacceptable, Billy. Has he defended it at least once? Did he have a defense? Uh, Very good question. It's one of those things where like you don't think about it, and then you're like, huh, how many months has it been since he defended the title? I think he I mean, yeah, the, probably. I think he defended it against like. To Jerry or something like that. If sure, I, said, I mean there was a house. There was a house show in Oshkosh that that week that he defended oh, it. Uh, it has yeah. to be on television. There's okay. I will say uh, I, I will not spoil this for the podcast. At one point, there is a, a mid card title introduced in this podcast, and yes. at one point, a wrestler wins it, and then we will never see the title defended again on the podcast, even though it'll be months before the end of the show, which is ridiculous. But it is the case. And well, it's like having a tag yeah. team title and and then splitting up all your tag teams. Uh, yes, which happened in the course of like one week, a few weeks ago. Yeah, but yeah. you know they're, weeks, reass- they're, ago, yes. they're reassembling some tag teams. At least they're bringing, t- they're going to bring more tag teams in. Yes, um, th- th- that's also an issue they talk about, which we'll we'll talk about in the main event. Michael Cole makes it you know, make complaints about something, which just doesn't make sense. Okay. Yeah. So then we go uh, from Kim getting his uh, his ass kicked in the ring to Vince McMahon walking backstage, and he he shakes Nunzio's hand as he walks. Oh uh, yes, yeah. So, Will, when are we going to see this guy from Wisconsin? I, I'm, I'm, start, I'm waiting for it here. What's there's a man. There's a, there's, a, there's a large man with bleached blonde hair who debuted 2005 or six. A microphone would descend from the ceiling. Oh, what? And okay. He, yes. We, yeah. We Ken haven't Anderson, seen him yet, though. Uh, not on, not on SmackDown. No, he's, he's never going to appear on the show. But he's backstage as an extra, watching Mr. McMahon walk by. Right there. Yes, in that segment. Oh, wow. Yeah, Vince shakes Nunzio's hand, and then he keeps walking. I think there's like another cluster of people. And I'm like, that guy with the bleach blonde hair looks really familiar. It's definitely, yeah, it's Mr. Kennedy. He's from Wisconsin. I'm like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. He'd be an extra on the show. When you were announcing the um, the dark matches, I was like, uh, is, is Kennedy one of them? Right, that would make sense. He wasn't, Crazy. but uh, yeah, I guess uh, Kennedy, or, as he's now known, I think he's still an impact, Ken Anderson. Uh, is, um, you know, he's a guy who'd uh, make a bit of an impact in WWE and then not. Uh, and then very much not, yes. And then very much not. But it was it was kind of cool to see him there because uh, you don't always see people in these extra clusters, but that was one. I'm just like, I think the timing's right and the location's right that, he, that it's him. That's right. And so we take a commercial break from Mr. Kennedy and we come back with Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon walks down the aisle, and I love it because he goes, he gets the stairs, and there's a Hogan sign in the second or third row. You know, H O. Yeah, the, 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 like people are holding it up. Yeah, H O G A N, and he just kind of stops, and I don't know if he points at it, but he just has this moment of just like, like he he just looks at it, and he's like, I can't believe they would dare to do that. 
He's just, he just has this annoyed kind of moment of just like, why would you bring that sign to this show? It's so, cheering for Hulk Hogan. Absurd and, concept to him. And when he gets in the ring, even he's got the mic, you know, down by his waist. You know how you can kind of like sometimes half your people. You can hear him. He's got the mic to knock that crap off when people are chanting Hogan. That. It's it's so good. And then he brings the and, mic to his mouth and he does like the dad, like, I'll turn this car around if yes. you guys don't settle down. He's like, I will leave. Uh, and I love that. One point they call him an a-hole, and he's like, you know, you people should be a lot nicer to me. <laughs> he does. He just he just brings all these things. Up. I love like it's even so that good. first time he they're training for. He's like, you know what? Just stop from leaving. Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> grief. So Ho- he plays in the crowd perfectly, so well, which is why earlier when you said he's the worst actor, or the best actor, I have to say best. Yeah, um, he's a, he's a bad actor. He's a fantastic promo, but like when he yeah. acts, like the you know, there's oh. a reason he's a meme now of him like slowly reacting to things and like falling out of his chair. Oh man, just this, I am really most, glad he's a meme. The most over the top guy uh, on television, but yeah, this promo is excellent. Yes, he starts by but he he admits when he's wrong. Essentially, he said, uh, he, you know, he said Hulkamania was dead, but it's not dead. It's on life support, and it's the fans' fault for keeping Hogan's. Uh, Hulkamania alive, blowing their hot air. Uh, That's right <laughs> into the uh, into the respirator that keeps Hulk alive. And I'm glad Hulk's still with us. And speaking of respirators, didn't have an issue in this last year and a bit. Right when that was the whole thing. And then so this is where Vince takes a few moments to just shoot on Hulk Hogan, where he just yeah. says things that are objectively true. <laughs> and so Vince says he describes Hogan as a manipulative bottom feeder. And so he's doing this as in a character, person. but. I'll, yeah, for sure. I, I'm like, Vince believes this on some level, for sure. It's, it's like, like the thing is like, you know, when you, when you make fun of somebody, it's like, I'm just kidding. It's like, yeah, but, you know, he said that for a reason. It, it's based in some truth. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah he said right. as a businessman, I think he's like shrewd and, and, and ruthless. And yeah, as, as a person, he's just a, a, a blood-sucking bottom feeder. Yeah. And yeah, so I fully believe that he actually thinks that. Uh, Vince promises to kill Hulkamania. Uh, he says that Hogan and the fans all owe him, uh, and yet Hogan challenges Vince and sucker punches him. How terrible is that? So he says he's going to kill Hulkamania. Yes. Do you know what he said one year and two days prior to this promo? What? He said he was going to inject the WWF with a lethal dose of poison, him and the NWO. So it was a year ago... To almost the day that he announced Hulk's coming back, and now it's now this time he's like, I and I I'm gonna kill him. I gotta <laughs> get rid of it. Hulkamania. Vince doesn't understand the red and the yellow. Like he's really picking Hulkamania apart. Yeah, okay, he's mad about it. And the crowd is white hot for Hulk. They are so so freaking excited. There's Hogan shirts and signs and stuff, and we 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 you know we paint Hogan in the light we know him as today. Not a great guy, but. Uh, back then, and as you'll see on a show in uh, May, uh, we were all pretty excited to see him as well. So no kidding, people people love him. So Vince says that at no way out, you'll have Hulk Hogan in one corner, and in the other corner, The Rock. Yeah, he gestures to himself, and he's like, "One corner, it'll be, you know, the hand like comes to us, you know, to say Mary." But he says The Rock, and people are excited for The Rock, as they should yeah. be. <laughs> Even though Vince in this moment is talking about him like he's some sort of hired lapdog or something, like he's Corbett Rock again. Um, well, which suits the character he's going to play. So there we go. Uh, so we, we don't even see him. And then Vince leaves and he goes, oh, yeah, now The Rock, who is live <laughs> via satellite from Hollywood. Okay. 
the framing in this, Matt, is yes. weird. All yeah. the furniture, Rock is seemingly sitting like you or I right now on the yes. a chair. The furniture behind him is all like at a 15 degree angle. Did you notice that? No, I did not notice the background there. It's so weird to me that this like he's in a very 2003 looking room. And he's he's now he's finally embraced the fact that, uh, you know, that wasn't a fade. It was his hair running away from his face. Right. Uh, he's got the shaved head. He's got the sunglasses. And Matt, this is my favorite, favorite, favorite rock iteration. When oh, rock yeah. just goes off on the crowd for a good six months. Oh, man, I love it. So now it's rock is the first time we've seen him since he lost at SummerSlam. First time we've seen him. That's right. Uh, Hollywood, like, Hollywood rock. Know, he he has the uh, the John Cena I bring it via satellite T-shirt that was uh, hot for the WrestleMania 28 feud, Rock via satellite, and the first thing he says is finally yes. the Rock has come back to Green Bay. Well, the Rock's not actually in Green Bay, thank God. And he does the off-camera. You remember? You were there. It was cold, yes. cold in Green Bay. Who is he uh, talking to? He's who is he talking, talking to? to? He's talking he's, to nobody. He's people. Just, this is just like they're like rock. Listen, you've been in the Scorpion King, the biggest movie of all time. I think at this yes. point, yes, with it's amazing neck CGI. It'll it, the CGI will last forever. People will always remember it is very good. Well, his it was the the Mummy two CGI. Right, thank you. You're right. You're right. Was the atrocious uh, Scorpion King though was just such a forgettable movie. Uh, they made two sequels or a, a couple with Randy Couture. Um, okay, yes, but I think I remember once hearing that the third one is a prequel, so it's actually a sequel that's a prequel to a spinoff that I think itself was a prequel. Yeah, one of it those, also, uh, with, very yeah. confusing things. So if, if you hear all that and you thought this movie needs to exist, good for you. Right, yeah. It does. Um, anyway, so Rock, basically they just give The Rock, they have to have given The Rock like free reign to do whatever he wants. Sure, and they'll do okay. that actually for the next um what year is it now they'll do it for the next 18 years like rock just do whatever you want to do T- yeah. take a take half an hour in uh, dallas at wrestlemania to come out and light your name on fire do whatever you want and rock is just he once he gets in front of a crowd again he just carves up the crowd it is so fun he's having so much fun it's it's great and this i'm looking forward to watching no way out for a, a couple of reasons one of them is just um is is the the crowd in Montreal? Like the crowd yes. in Montreal is white hot, uh, and I'm very much looking forward to it. So yes, so Rock, th- this match gets announced really weirdly. There's a lot of stuff happening since the Royal Rumble. I think I correctly predicted that that it was going to be Bischoff was announcing Steve Austin coming back. Yeah, and I figured Steph was announcing Hulk coming back, mm-hmm. and Vince came back to see Hulk, and now Rock comes back to fight Hulk via Vince. Uh, all in the span of two weeks. So again, SmackDown is you know is is the the landscape of SmackDown, as Michael Cole would probably uh, love to say, is changing quite rapidly. Yes, yeah, things are yeah things are shifting here. I mean, last week where there was just this random end of the episode, which felt completely removed from everything we've been doing for a while, and now we have this uh, yeah this 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 feud that's kind of happening in the middle of things, but it's not really associated with any other wrestlers. No, it's not. It's a weird thing. Um, so it, doesn't, it just feels this oddly kind of disconnected there. So uh, Rock says, though, that he's doing this match for the millions and millions, millions. of fans, and he does that again. Everyone yes. wants to see the rematch of last year's WrestleMania. And then uh, Rock makes fun of Hulk Hogan's uh, hulking up before promising to kick Hogan's candy ass if you smell, LLL, etc. He does the tongue. He says Rock will lay the boom, boom, but donk donk smackdown on Hulk Hogan's candy ass. Rock's just saying stuff. He also uh, says a catchphrase 
which became a T-shirt that I actually bought. Rock says he's going to hit it strong, hit it fast. Yes, uh, I remember that shirt. So, yeah, uh, I did have that. I did indeed have that. They ha- there's a period of time where they're just like, Rock, if you say something, we will put it on a shirt. Honestly, we'll put it. Boots they, to they asses. Let's do it. Yeah, they could have put Boom Boom Badonkadonk Smackdown um, on, uh, on a shirt, and they would sell. I, I would yes. have bought two. I've seen worse shirts. I've seen worse shirts recently. Uh, ooh, yes. Yes. I, I believe Jimmy Uso has a shirt now that just in block letters on the front of it just says, <laughs> Nobody's Bitch. And I just don't know. Honey, you won't believe the shirt I bought you. You know how you're always giving me grief? Well, sweetie, you walk around the house at this bad boy. Where are you going, honey? Hey, it says nobody's, though. It means no, you're yeah. not. I know you're not. You're like, honey, this is great, honey. Huh? Oh, yeah. Boy. A... Uh, so we I, go I like from... smash him, stack him, pin him. That's a good one, too. That's fun. Uh, that's one of my favorite games, too. Uh, next up, we have another Samoan. Uh, speaking of the Usos, uh, Rikishi. Right. Uso, yes. kind of. Against Bill DeMott. And here we go. I, as soon as this happened, I was like, great. It's the rubber match. Because both of these guys, Bill DeMott and Rikishi, have won a match since, uh, I don't know, it's the Rumble or near then. And, uh, yeah, we see clips of it where uh, Bill DeMott powerbomb Rikishi with the second rope for the win. And the Rikishi beat DeMott. And, uh, yeah, so DeMott is here again. His arm is wrapped up for the Royal Rumble. He had Im- uh, an issue nerve with damage. nerve damage. Exactly. So why is he cleared to wrestle? He's like, know. no, I can do it. I'm fine. Yeah. He's got a, a big knee brace on, which I never noticed before, too. He's a little banged up. He's banged up here. But it doesn't mean that he can't do heelish things. Like, uh, he gets an abdominal stretch by the ropes. He does the whole cheating heel thing and grabs, grabs the rope. the ropes, yeah. Um, they congratulate the winners, Matt, of Tough Enough 3. Um, and we might have talked about this on the show. Yes, One of have. them on Tough Enough 3 uh, is no longer with us, sadly. He is sad. The, He's very sad. And the Mac other Capitelli. one wrestled. Uh, wrestled uh, he, was, he was actually, he might no longer be with us. Uh, he was, con- <laughs> sorry, that was actually in poor taste. Uh, no, well, consumed, I mean. He was yeah, consumed you, by zombies last night. Or, sorry, yes. whenever, whenever we're recording this. Uh, there you go. You know exactly things. what this is happening, folks. The one yes. thing I will say, just about the abdominal stretch thing, though, is that the referee moves into position so he misses Do the cheating Do not see more. it. Yes. Yeah. Is that Mike Sparks again? I think it is. I think so. I think 30-year-old Mike Sparks. Mike Sparks, the birthday. <laughs> 30 He just got his driver's license. Uh, he's excited. He gets his driver's hot. See, now this is where I would drop an Olivia Rodrigo jo- uh, joke, but I don't remember the lyrics of driver's license well enough to be able to make that joke, unfortunately. Listeners, pause this show. Go yes. Spotify. Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. <laughs> Get her to 300 I... billion <laughs> listens for that that song because lighting she's up the She's suffering. She's not... Olivia Rodrigo, by the way, she'll be at WrestleMania next year. There we go. She'll team with Damian Priest. Uh, Rikishi gets an electric chair drop and then a Samoan kick and a Savat kick. And then Rikishi gets Demott in the stink face position, but he's not into fun this week. So he no, picks no him up. Fun. He tries to DDT him, but Demont holds onto the ropes. So Rikishi slams down hard. And then Demont gets this real awkward roll up in the ropes. I put roll up in quotes here because he just kind of like stacks his arm, his leg up and Sometimes they do these finishes where, yeah, where it's like, oh, he has to like get a roll up in the ropes. He has to be all tight. And it's like, no, it just makes him look, Rikishi looks like a dope because he's not actually like hung up in a way that would make it hard to get out of it. It's those, it's those like touching the rope pins that we've talked about, Matt, where someone's just like, I've got to use the rope for this finish. I only have three seconds to do it. And they're like, "Uh, pinky toe on the rope. What leverage? Like, yeah, okay. and the guy's it's... like his his bo- upper body is completely uncovered, but he's like my my shoulders are glued to the mat because the magic the magic rope touching. Yeah, the magic of wrestling it, it yeah. just creates an electrical current uh, through the bodies. So Bill DeMott's arm is raised in victory, and then Undertaker's music hits. Yes, I like when they do this. By the way, when like a guy just comes out like let's keep it going. I they did keep it going. I was strange. I was like okay, and then Undertaker drives down. Uh, Undertaker gets in the ring. He does this kind of his double arm biker pose in the ring. Which I hate. He looks like such a doofus. It's it's like the 
like definite like it's just a defining moment a defining taunt that just like undertaker you look dumb in this gimmick i hate it and uh, it turns out that uh, undertaker's here for has nothing to do with build a rikishi that is over entirely but the segment continues in real time because taker is just here to call up big show he knows he's not you know we know he's not there but undertaker doesn't care i guess he's supposed to be and so we take a break yeah and when we come back this is where undertaker is doing his type five as i said he's sitting on the ring steps He's pontificating about how he wants to fight and not talk. Yeah, uh, he's he's like, I, I I guess this is the time I'm supposed to uh, entertain you with my wit. Uh, yeah, but I, I want to shut up and fight. You know, you talk you know, too if, much. You if he did it today, up. he'd be like, you know, the thing with, with cancel culture, uh, oh boy, and this whole woke uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as soon as it happened, he would just start going into that. I'm like, oh, where are we going with this? And hear it's me like, out. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, people, people, they don't know what to say anymore. They're afraid. They won't do Undertaker's. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know, Green Bay. <laughs> you just like, please, someone come down to kick this guy's ass, please. You guys all hiding behind your screens. So Big Show, yeah, exactly. Big Show's music at Pyro hits, and Michael Cole gets all excited about uh, about Paul Heyman lying about Big Show's off uh, absence, because, of course, it's just Paul Heyman. It's not Big Show who's there. Michael Cole is so excited when it happens. Like, like didn't Paul Heyman months ago come out to Brock Lesnar's music. Oh yes, it was him and, and Big Show, and he did like the Brock Lesnar bounce around. So Michael Cole he was, hopped on the ring steps. Yes, you're he right. hopped on the ring steps. Very, very, very funny. Uh, Michael Cole, he's so excited to see Big Show, and he's so let down. It's so funny. Oh, no one has man, ever been like, that eager to see Big Show. Big Show's children never been that excited to see Big Show. Yeah, I know. I know. I watched the sitcom. They weren't excited. Right, the the Big Show show. Yeah. Uh, was the theme for that show, that show at least like where is the big show? show? No, ah. I, I I can't remember. I think it was something just more sitcommy, like life can come get you. Do, 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 do. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> it didn't even sound anything like that. It Rikishi really, was on the show. I know. Uh, the, yeah, there were a couple. Fo- I think uh, Mick Foley showed up in an episode I didn't see because I only watched the pilot. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Paul and Big Show. Uh, Paul, Paul and not Big Show are, are out there. Yeah, Paul. Paul Heyman says, you know, Big Show's not here, but uh, he did send a personal message, and out comes Brian Kendrick, who's wearing a little black and red messenger outfit, like he's a bellhop like a tele- in the 1920s. Like, yeah, like a telegram boy. Yeah, telegram boy. He's riding a bike with a bell on it down to the ring here. So mm-hmm. Matt, yeah, in kayfabe. Yes. Paul Heyman says Big Show's not here. Undertaker yeah. wants to see Big Show anyway. Paul Heyman comes out to Big Show's music. I don't have Big Show, but he sent a message. So Paul has this idea that he's going to obviously send Brian Kendrick to the Wolves here, right? He's got a plucky young guy. I can make you go out and do my bidding. Two questions. Where did you get the outfit that fits him? (laughs) And where did you get the bike? Do the the WWE production trucks travel around with, with Ford ring posts they travel around with the boards that make up the uh, that that are the mat, uh, the canvas, the apron. They got uh, lights, cameras, action, and a little Schwinn uh, for Stacy, just in case. Like what, the the logic of this uh, is 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 out the window because it doesn't make sense that Paul's like, I got an idea. You wear this outfit. You ride this bike. Where did you get it? It's such a good point. The fact that we saw Paul Heyman have that moment of uh, of inspiration instead of being like, "Oh, like he had this plan the whole time," that would make him no, really more sense. No, it wasn't sense. premeditated at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, maybe, I mean, maybe, he maybe just said it was. To Brian, maybe to Brian Kendrick, like he's like, I "Okay, need so to Brian, find a guy who's like five foot seven. Yeah, 
Who do you have with you right now? What do you have with you right now? It's like, I mean, I just have my bike and my little telegram outfit. Why? It's like, yeah, oh, great. They say, they say you always travel with your gear. It's like, I do. That's right. It's good advice. I actually have a tickle trunk here of stuff that I wear. <laughs> exactly. I'm an actor. I have a lot of auditions, so I just have a bunch. Of, I have anything I need in, my, in the trunk of my car. Exactly. So Brian gets in the ring, and Tinker gets sick. He starts kind of trying to intimidate him there. And so Brian Kendrick says he's got a singing telegram to deliver. Uh, even if he is intimidated. And so Brian Kendrick, who I guess he doesn't have a mic in his hand, so he must have a, you know, a headset or a lapel mic somewhere where he's got the little the he's Broadway the, thing over his no, forehead, he maybe. The, no, he doesn't have the, the Bindi mic on. Thank he's you. got like uh he's got like a little you can see it, he's got like a little mic on his on his head. Like Rico had at the at the wedding, right? The oh, I love that. wedding. Rico just coming out making fun of everybody. <laughs> so the 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 also the bike bell must have been mic'd up uh because he's oh, yes. ringing it all the way down to the ring. Uh, like really obnoxiously, and it, yes. it's definitely over the the, the loudspeaker. Uh, so yeah, he gets in the ring, uh, and he's got he's got the headset on. He's he's not holding a microphone, and um, he uh, he doesn't have a pitch pipe. He doesn't have a little tune like you know like a little thing. Right. He just picks a note. I mean, it's pretty well terrible for it. technique, and he does he does okay. I mean, yeah, the song is so stupid. He essentially does like a, a kind of a version of like, ah, he's very very sorry, but he will never fight you, something like that. Fight you again, and he goes again, and he does the hat going up and down thing. Yeah. Yes, Brian Kendrick, a very entertaining young man, and uh, you know he even if you're given dumb things to do in WWE, if you commit to it all the way, you know you'll you'll end up somewhere someday and he, he does um i wouldn't say that's always the case because people lots of people have done dumb things and have been fully into it and have gotten nothing out of it but well Brian you're Kendrick, right he did okay with it well, you end. have to at least do that and yes. then you also have to you know do other things but if you try to half-ass it it doesn't work so yeah no. kendrick is uh he's he re- he really goes for this and then afterwards he, he sticks out his hand uh to kind of ex- ex- seeking a tip which is bad form bad form brian it's not what you do yeah, yeah, that happened. So I mean, follow Rob Schneider in Home Alone too. I mean, even he was a little, you know, he was subtle enough. I hate it. I hated it. Gosh, <laughs> I watched that for the first time all the way through this year, and I was like, what a as a I former as a former you. concierge of a hotel. I was right, like, you gotta yeah. you gotta have some class, my man. Have some respect for yourself. Can I have some respect. Come on. Yes, and so speaking right. of respect, Taker says, you know, he's got some respect because Brian Kendrick's got guts, even if he doesn't have brains. And so That's Taker right. literally opens his wallet and gives Brian Kendrick. I didn't see uh, how much it was. It was a C note. It was a hundred. Really? Okay. I freeze framed on it. Taz Taz noticed it right away too. Okay, good. Which means so, yeah. it was in the script, right? If if because there's oh. like, how did Taz clock that right away? Because, hi folks, we're in Canada. Um, it, it does all look the same to us, the American money. I mean, yes. it, it did look like I, I it did have to freeze frame out. It was a hundred bucks out of his wallet. Um, but uh, yeah, he gives uh, yeah, he gives gives him a and and. Kendrick is is thrilled. He says, "Thank you yes. very much, Mister Undertaker." It's lovely. And then I thought it was weird because they the the network decided to update it first today, and so Undertaker stops and he goes, "Let me just Venmo Venmo something for you for a second here." And so they exchange right. email addresses. It was strangely included in the network, but they've they've changed it since then. Well, something else too. Right before the tip, yeah. Taker says that uh, you know he's like, "Oh, great." Well, anyway, Paul Heyman, Big Show will be sorry if he shows up again. And Paul Heyman is irate. He's so upset that this apology didn't work. What did you think was going to happen? And Cole is like, "Mm mm-mm, backfire, Mr. Heyman. Like, oh, snap. Yeah, you just got got. Uh, Undertaker snatched you bald. Like, what did you, like, what did Paul Heyman expect was going to happen? Like, yeah, you apologize. Well, yeah, I accept. Like, what, what? 
he, he apologizes in a way that's clearly insulting too. Like here's this here's this pipsqueak coming out here to sing to you, which is like just showing you I don't respect you or like you. This is such a wrestling reaction to be like, I'll do this. You didn't like it? What? Are you serious? Right. Even though I objectively, there's no way I meant to do this in like, like, good faith or believing this would ever work. Vince is upset that, that Hulk Hogan punched him. He just said <laughs> right. that Hulkamania is dead to his yeah. face. He said like, he came to the ring to say, I'm terribly disappointed that you're Stephanie's surprise. <laughs> like, you're already supposed to be like, listen, man, can we, can we put these differences aside for one second? Can we talk about this? Can we not do this in front of everybody? I want to hear that on a wrestling show so bad. I think they've I said would, it before. That would be very funny. I like can we the, not do I, this now? Yeah, Vince. I love the Vince of uh, you know just not expecting Hogan to do anything. It's like he he defeated the Dungeon of Doom, Doom himself. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. Uh, so Undertaker, you know, he requests, hey, you know, I can't believe that really happened. Can you sing that song for me again? Which is the most the biggest trap I've ever heard. Oh yeah, it's pretty funny. And so Kendrick sings for a moment before Kicker kicks him, and then he hits a super high last ride on him, which you knew One was coming where... the moment you saw him in that outfit. Yeah, Brian Kendrick almost went all the way over. Actually, I expected when he got him in that powerbomb position, I expected Kendrick to hit him with the red dog finisher. Right, yes. Lean back. Over. <laughs> and bridge over him. No, that, the last ride was awesome. And then Brian Kendrick lies on the him. mat uh, like 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 a banana. Like he's like he's all curled up in a really like awkward a angle, which is really fun. Sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see more from Brian Kendrick in, uh, in a little while. But uh, he was, you know, definitely did his best here. And then at the end, Undertaker does what I would consider a heel move. Yes, which he, he, does. he takes back his money. What a cheapskate! I think if he's a babyface, he's like, "I respect you, honestly. I make so much money, you can have this." You know, somewhere Ted DiBiase was watching, and he was he was laughing. He was. Laughing I was at insulted it. that he took the money back. I was like, "What? A, like, it just makes him look like such a cheap old jerk." <laughs> it was so funny. He's like, it's "Also, like, give term- me my hundred bucks back." Why are you making the guy who's supposed to be one of the faces on your show be like remind you of like some mean old lady who's who's barely tipping after brunch when she came back from church or something? Like it's just such a terrible like comparison uh, to make. I want to see the mean old lady gimmick. Actually, we did uh, when they were in uh, North Carolina. Uh, Taz said he was about right. to grab the uh, the C note if Undertaker didn't. He was upset that Undertaker did that. He's like, I was going to do that. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, back from a commercial break, we see Kurt Angle. He's giving Team Angle a pep talk backstage and. They're sure. all wearing their, their blue Valora tracksuit, which, which are a little bit different from last week. Yeah, and, last week was red. I think they stick with the blue for a while. It look, They, they look while. awesome. They look so comfortable. I know. They look so sweet. I want them so bad. I know. Me too. Kurt Angle's belt finally says Kurt Angle on it. I noticed that. Oh, it does finally. Okay. Did it in the Chris Benoit match? I don't know if you even paid attention. I'm sure it must have. I didn't see it there. But but it was. It said Big it said, Show on it wait, for a truly no, shocking said, amount of time. It said Nunzio on it. <laughs> that was weird yeah it said nunzio on the wwe title oh weird. i love that i wonder if you could do that so yes <laughs> Just put anybody's name see if they notice yeah so kurt invokes uh vince lombardi who he calls oh, really he calls him fat and then backhandedly <laughs> insults the modern green bay packers who was playing for green bay at the time matt i was gonna look this up but i can't remember because they they referenced him choking and they referenced him stinking were they really that bad in in, in uh, 0203 season? They they must be, but I really don't remember. I thought I thought I thought there was a clean Favre. It was Favre and then uh, Rogers. I believe. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, okay. We're, we're too far. I feel like when did Favre leave for um, the Jets? Did he go yeah, the Jets that's what I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Seven. Okay. Yeah. So yes, but he at least he invokes the winning isn't everything; it's the only thing mantra, which sure, was good. Yeah. So yeah. the uh, so that is at least in full effect there. 
And so uh, Haas and Benjamin agree with Kurt, and they hug him before they head out for their match. Which they get a is, hug. Uh, I love the team angle. All hugs is a team. It's great. It's great that Kurt finally has people on his side. This poor guy, after years of of having screwy partnerships with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you know, and and you know, more recently Chris Benoit. Finally, Matt, he has his own team that will hug him. I think it's great. <laughs> hug each other before they go out and they're like total total um actually we have kind of two storylines well eh, they're different but we have like mattitude which is like matt hardy and he's got a follower now we get this team angle and they're following kurt angle they call him captain kurt or, or coach kurt angle yeah. later on in, in the in the show but i'm glad kurt finally has a team that's like stands up and he's like yeah it's true it's damn true he's like they're parroting back his catchphrases they're gonna be champions this is great I love yeah it. it was it was nice uh, now, I will say, I just did a little bit of research here, and the Green Bay Packers, uh, now remember, this is later in January, so the reason they're calling them, ch- you know, they said they choked is because even though they went 12-4 and in the regular season, they lost in the wildcard game to the 9-6-1 Atlanta Falcons. They lost 27-7, to so had an embarrassing yeah. wildcard loss, which so all the goodwill too. they built up. Wow, yeah, so far okay. was still there. Right, right, okay. I have to go right. back and watch that on NFL Films or something. Exactly. So we see Michael Cole and Taz introduce a Brock Lesnar promo video. It's pretty much just what he said in an interview last week. You know, he talked last week about being goal-oriented. Here's the goals I had. Uh, I got screwed out of the title. And so we're seeing clips of that, though. Yeah, that promo was like a classic WWE case of just being too long. My goal yeah. was this. My goal was this. My goal was this. My goal. I don't need five. Give me the, give me the last three. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then he shares what are his new goals, which is that he wants to F5 Paul Heyman and beat Kurt Angle at WrestleMania for the WWE title. And then we see Chris Benoit is hyping himself up backstage next to some chairs. And we see Edge in the distance, and he approaches him. And I believe they do like a side-by-side thing when they nod and then walk on together, right? (laughs) They're just two badass baby faces, man. They're just like, you ready to do this? Oh, yeah. No words need to be spoken. Edge, of course, is wearing white and gold. He found a look that works for him because it looks awesome. Chris Benoit wearing red. Yeah, he looked good. Cosa Benoit thing. And then so we see Sean O'Hare, who is standing in a blank white space. And he's encouraging us to indulge our vices, like drinking and smoking, (laughs) since we work hard. You know, he talks about, you know, does he say at one point, like, your parents drank and you turned out fine? He says, he says, yeah, uh, uh, take a drink. Have a smoke. Take some time away from the family. Your parents weren't around all the time. You turned out fine, didn't you? I love... I, I genuinely love all these promos he's doing. I think he's del- he's delivering his, his delivery is very really good. I enjoy his delivery, uh, and that's I just, why I was disappointed with what what ended up happening with him in, in WWE, which is not much. But he says, "Don't go to church, don't pay your taxes, and have a drink, have a smoke. You know, tip one back, light one up. Uh, yeah, man, yeah. you deserve it. You work hard. Yeah, yeah. This wrestler, wrestler is just uh, telling you to do things you probably shouldn't do. Uh, he's also and then not he, telling you anything you don't already know." Exactly. Thank you, Will. And so we get to our main event of the night, which is Team Angle with Kurt Angle against Chris Benoit and Edge for the number one contendership for the tag team titles. And as, as they get down to the ring, I think seeing Team Angle, I go, how many tag teams have been accompanied down to the ring by the WWE champion? It's kind of rare, rarefied error. I don't know if it's even that common. I don't have stats for this, by the way. I just think that's interesting. There's no way to no, look as, this up. As, as like a three, as a three-part group, sure. Yeah, it is rare. You're right. It's a yeah. rare thing. 
Uh, Chris Benoit at this point has teamed with Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, and now Edge on this podcast. We've seen him wrestle all those wrestle with all those guys. So he's kind of just making his way around the SmackDown Six. Didn't we say that? There's a couple weeks ago. I think I mentioned that he teamed up with Edge. Yeah, because he? he was for the uh, for the handicap match. You're right. Yes, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm treating this a little bit differently because it's a proper tag match. But you're right. Right, right. at the time, okay. it's still true. Yes, it's the answer. Uh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate your intelligence and your integrity in saying that. And I appreciate you uh, modulating your intensities for the podcast's sake. Uh, Kurt Angle sits down at the announce table. He tells the guys uh, that they call him Captain Kurt, <laughs> say, which is great. And then Michael Cole makes it quick, like, oh, how's Spock? And they're like, what? Uh, <laughs> so Haas and Benoit start, and Benoit just slams Haas all over the ring. Benoit's just being his, his full uh, super intense self here. And uh, when he's in the corner, though, uh, Sheldon Benjamin tags in, uh, and he hits Benoit from behind and then tags in. And he hits this big rib buster kind of thing. And then Michael Cole, he questions why Team Angle gets a chance at the tag titles, and they've only been here for a month. And Kurt says, well, they're just like him. That's why. Uh, and I would argue that the other team kind of explains it, because Edge and Benoit have never tagged together before two weeks ago. Yeah. And now they're in the exact same position as this other tag team. <laughs> yeah. So the answer, Michael Cole, is that things are not deep on the SmackDown uh, tag team front. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a team. It just matters like what your individual accolades are. And, and Edge and Benoit at this point have accomplished a lot on SmackDown. So they're like, uh, these two guys, they're the two of our best guys. Yeah, you, uh, you, you guys can be tag team champions. So yeah, they're still they're still along. Doesn't matter. Right, they're still giving the uh, some good uh, you know time for the tag team titles, which I appreciate. They're still treating them like they're a major thing. Right. Yeah. And then, Will, one of your favorite things happens here, which is we go backstage to see Los Guerreros who are watching the match there. And I would argue, you know, we've talked before about, yeah, Will's doing his impression of it now, where the whole wrestling thing where wrestlers watch their match in the back with angle facing out, you know, like you would on a stage yeah. uh, in a very unnatural way. Although I will say, Will, I think they're standing on less of an angle than they usually would be. I th- they're standing almost naturally. So didn't we have um, wasn't it Brock a couple of weeks ago watched a, a match just like dead on like it was uh, he like sat on a chair you know backwards uh, and, and and watched it uh, I think the Young Bucks have made fun of this recently uh, yes they have for for a while on AEW where basically you're standing parallel to the television and just kind of like side eyeing it. Uh, it it's it's a stupid wrestling thing that's um, you know been pointed out so many times uh, that. Uh, it's, it's not yet ironic at this part. I guess what could be considered uh, funny for the time is the giant CRT television they're watching it on. Yes. You know what? I'm reminded, Will, of uh, the moment from early on in the podcast where Stephanie McMahon catches some jobbers watching Raw backstage yes. on like a VCR. Yep. I remember that. That was a great moment. I just think of, that's another time we saw people watching wrestling, but they were watching it in a more natural position. They were sitting by themselves. You they know. were sitting there. you drinking yeah. a bottle of water. Mike Awesome was loving it. Yeah. Yeah. There is a whole thing. She's so mad that they watched their – anyway. That was, that was months ago now, but that, I was, that was very uh, fond memories, early stage of the podcast. Fond I'm already here. nostalgic for a couple uh, months ago on the podcast. You remember <laughs> middle of the crazy. pandemic, very different time. Uh, so, yeah, so Michael Cole asked Kurt Angle, he said, why why you bring these guys into Team Angle? And I was like, dude, are you forgetting that Kurt Angle was presented with these two guys? Like, he was not – he did not choose these people. Like, keep the storyline straight, Michael Cole. Like, I couldn't believe that. It's like a month ago. <laughs> I can, I can, I can believe that he should have been like I was. I, I won the titles, and then my my knee hurt, and so I just I was giving these people. Well, also, I was surprised last week that Paul Heyman walked out with Kurt Angle for his right. match. Like, like oh, okay, oh yeah, remember this guy? <laughs> they're associated. Yeah, they're. I don't know how much longer they're going to be associated for. It's kind of this weird. I think it's tenuous at best. Yeah, it's true. So Edge tags in. He runs wild. Hits a back body drop and a dramatic. 
And so Kurt hops up from the commentary table. He gets on the apron. Edge gives him uh, a spear there. And then Haas and Edge out, end, outside, end up outside the ring. And Benoit runs. He hits a suicide dive, which Michael Cole calls a torpedo-type maneuver. <laughs> and back in, Edge hits a missile dropkick on Shelton Benjamin for two. And we take a commercial break. And uh, we come back. Edge has uh, Shelton Benjamin a type of arm bar. And uh, Shelton Benjamin, he tries for a pin. Uh, and so he gets out of the uh, the submission predicament there by going for the pin there. And it's around this time we see some uh, some highlights from before, some replays of the uh, uh, suicide dive there. And Taz calls Benoit a Canadian missile. Yeah. And, that, and Cole notes that Edge is from Toronto. So we got a very Canadian tag team here. They're pointing it out on the broadcast, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They should have uh, coordinated their gear. Well, actually, one's in red, one's in white. Close enough for me. Hey, that's good. Uh, Haas and Benoit are in the ring with each other. Benoit gets a version of the Northern Lights suplex where he's got Haas's arm like pinned behind his back, which does not look fun to take because I don't know how you take that and you don't land on your arm and have the wrong way. That just seems painful. Uh, and it gets two, but it's real close. And then there's this funny moment, uh, moment I found funny, where Michael Cole talks about how Benoit is always thinking about the WWE Championship and that he's always in the title picture. Mm, yeah. And Taz agrees and he agrees. They say, like, yeah, yeah, Benoit's in the, what did you say, division? And Michael Cole very quickly is like the title picture, which is a very Vince McMahon sounding phrase. <laughs> oh, it's up there with each and every one of you. And quite frankly, it absolutely is. Title yeah. opportunity, I think, is what they like to call it. Yeah, title is the title picture right now. And it just, I'm especially mo- aware of these moments now because Vince is physically present on these shows. So it just these mm-hmm. little things stick out just so much more. Yeah. Um, and so we see, <laughs> we see Los Guerreros again. And now they're kind of pointing more cartoonishly their tag titles. Like, this is, hey, this is what they're trying to get from us. Like, here's where it is. It's so, like, there's here. there's somebody directing this, right, from backstage. And, like, all right, Edge and uh, Eddie and Chavo in three, two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, just, just all right we're out. And there's, like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> he just leaves. Yeah. Uh, so, Benoit get, nearly gets a crossface on Haas, but he scrambles to the ropes. So, Edge comes in. Haas gets a belly-to-belly on Edge. The tangle in the corner, which comes uh, in comes Shelton, and he gets a kind of a, a leg and knee bar on Edge, and then Haas comes in. He gets this kind of interesting figure four esque move. It's like an I elevated think, figure four. Yeah, I don't know. And like Taz, he, I think he might have mentioned something about a spinning toe hold, and then in comes Shelton Benjamin. He does a different figure four esque thing, and I'm enjoying these different kind of leg laces here. We're seeing all these mm-hmm. these different moves. Like, oh, he's getting it all knotted up here from the wrestling tag team. It makes sense. It makes sense. Edge gets to the ropes, but Shelton is close enough that he tags in Haas at the same time. So Haas and Benjamin come in. They do some tag team leg work. And uh, Kurt even takes a time while he's out there to slam Edge's leg on the apron while the ref has his back turned. And so Benoit, Benoit, you can see Benoit from across the side of the ring. He, he hops down. He's going to go over there. Uh, but Kurt backs off. And so we talked about this last week on the podcast, but Cole once again describes Haas as an academic All-American at Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. And, and Taz helpfully asks, he just says, that means he's smart, right? <laughs> which, which what Daniel and I were talking about last week because we're like we are not Americans so saying you're an academic All-American does not necessarily have the weight that it would have for people watching this broadcast how does the All-American yeah. system work like I know that, like athletes can be All-Americans right and I guess like mentioning he's an athlete, athletic or sorry sorry, an, an, academic, an academic I, I think if you're you're at a level of athleticism where you get accolades you're an All-American but if you're an academic as well I don't know it's a whole thing. But it means you're uh, smart, as Taz says. It means you're smart, as Taz says. So actually, you know, we, we, we chide Taz for being too obvious on the show. But actually, Taz, thank you very much. We appreciate he gets, this. He does some good stuff here. Yes, He's, he does. He talks about tips. It's all good. So Shelton goes for a, <laughs> Shelton goes for a full figure four. And then I, I like this moment because Shelton's got Edge in a figure four. 
And so to break it up, Benoit just decides to come in and he just drop kicks Shelton Benjamin in the head. He's just like, I- yeah. I'm tired of seeing you guys uh, get Edge all wrapped up in this stuff. Forget it. Yeah, baby faces never do that. They're always like on the apron, like, oh, he's dying in there. I better hope he can tag me. Cause that's the huh. only way I'll ever enter. He's watching. He's like, that just sucks, man. It's, it sucks to see that. And so Haas takes the opportunity for the, when the rest distracted by Benoit's sudden entrance into their match again. Haas comes in he, without a tag. He gets Edge in a figure four it himself. And so uh, uh, Edge turns it over, though. So it hurts Haas yeah, now. It's the magic right. thing. The pressure changes and everything flips figure over. Figure four and, logic, yep. Yeah, the cat, cats become dogs and all that sort of thing. And so Edge gets an integrity on Haas. He knocks Benjamin away. He tags in Benoit. And so Benoit suplexes Shelton Benjamin. And then he suplexes Charlie Haas onto Shelton Benjamin, which I thought was fun. Yes, it and was. a good move. And the team angle goes for their fun super kick German suplex move. Uh, but Benoit simply ducks, and then Shelton Benjamin just kills uh, Charlie Haas with a super kick to the head. It's so amazing. good. Yeah. It's so good. And so Benoit goes up top, and he goes for a headbutt on Shelton. He does kind of his like just falling one there because Shelton's close enough. And uh, he hits it. Uh, even though Angle tries to get involved there, Shelton Benjamin kicks out at two. So Shelton gets right into a cross face, but Haas breaks it up, and Haas gets pushed into a spear from Edge. But then Benoit's standing by the ropes, and he just gets bopped on the head by Kurt Angle's WWE title. Ah. And he's out cold, allowing Shelton Benjamin to pin him and for the team angle to become the number one contenders for the WWE tag team titles. And then we see Los Guerreros again, and this time they're <laughs> sitting in chairs. They're sitting now, yeah. I was like, okay, by the end of the match, they're like, oh, we got to sit down. Oh, man, we got to get this a sitting ovation. And they, they watch Team Angle walk up the ramp victoriously as the show goes off the air. Yeah, and, and this match this match will take place next week in in South Philly. That's right. Yeah, home of, uh, I don't know, ECW must have operated somewhere in that region, I think. Well, yes, I would say so, very much so. Yeah, so uh, expect some ECW chance if Paul Heyman comes out. I imagine it will. And now, now Will... I got to get you your final thoughts on this show and what you rated out of our system of here comes the pain, shut your mouth or just bring it, which is bad and good respectively using our system. Yeah, I definitely think it's a good show. Uh, I, I, uh, it's, um, uh, fairly wrestling heavy enough. Uh, guys are settling beefs in the ring. Some silly stuff with, uh, illogical stuff with Brian Kendrick who found a, a telegraph right. boy uniform and a, and a bicycle at some point, but you know, Undertaker got to get his stuff in there and that's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if they're keeping Brock off the show for a specific reason or if they're just like, he won the Royal Rumble. So let's heat him up and keep him off TV for a little while. But he was also off TV for a little while before Armageddon. So right. don't know what that's about. Uh, I think it's funny that Hulk is just like, yeah, I'm not coming to green Bay. Uh, I'll, uh, <laughs> I didn't think, I didn't think about that, but you're totally right. <laughs> I th- well, and then also just might be like how they want to tell the story. Like Hulk says, you know, Vince gets uh, the, the night all to himself and then, uh, gets to introduce the rock again. Who's not there. Um, and then sadly, I think most tragic out of all of this, out of everything I've mentioned, big show's not there. He's not there. Why did he get the week off? I mean, he got, his his man his agent gave him the night off, which of course is exactly what agents do. <laughs> Will does your agent ever call you and go, Will? You got the night off, bud. Uh, yeah, actually, she called me recently. Said, Will, I'll give you three hundred sixty-five nights off if you want. Said, sure, I'll take it. So great. Uh, that was uh, yeah. It's still. Uh, it's, I think I'm well beyond that. Actually, this was a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's a good show. Main event was really good. Uh, Vince promo was really fun. Uh, again, seeing Rock even via satellite was very fun. And, uh, yeah, and we saw the rubber match between Rikishi and uh, Bill DeMott. Oh, man, don't remind me. 
yeah, I mean, for me, I think this is closer to a shut your mouth for me. Uh, main event was all right. There's some decent wrestling in there, but I just the build to No Way Out can be tough. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's a yeah, stopping. It's a halfway it's, show. Halfway show. There's honestly times where I think, you know, I wish there was no pay-per-view and we just had eight weeks to build to WrestleMania. Right. Because I think that because you just get stuck in these situations where you're like, you're building this something. I mean, on this show here, like the main events for SmackDown on uh, No Way Out, if you don't include the Rock Hogan one, is kind of like a like a handicapped tag team match. And so it's like, eh, it's not this like, it doesn't have the same weight and importance that it would have later on. Now, I mean, even mm-hmm. next year's No Way Out is much more important. Oh, yeah, next year's No Way Out is probably one of the best, or at least Not that we'll memorable. see it on the podcast, but... We're not going to see it on the podcast. Um, but, folks, you can watch it on the Peacock in the United States or WWE Network if you're like us in Canada. Or anywhere uh, else in the world, you're right. Matt, I agree with you. Yeah, the, the build to No Way Out can be weird because it's that halfway show. Sometimes they'll even yeah. put two pay-per-views in between oh, Royal Rumble I, I and WrestleMania. I can't believe they do that. Oh, man. Yeah, they got well, Roadblock, and they have Road Ahead, and they have uh, Drive Through, and they have uh, Four-Way Warrior. Stop. Yeah, they have yield. Uh, they have no parking. Uh, nine to five. Except, WWE uh, yeah. yield <laughs> coming to you uh, live from the Rush Center in Wisconsin. Yeah, they could get fifty five hundred people to see WWE yield. I think from the sm- from the sleep train center, the Smoothie King Center in, uh, in New Orleans. Was it, what, where was the place that had the yum? It was like just called, like Yum Brands Arena or something like that. <laughs> That was a good one. That was a good one. I, I don't know why I think that's somewhere in the south. Maybe in like Arkansas or Alabama or something. Yeah. Alabama or Arkansas. Uh folks, that's been the show. We covered that, it. That was it. Yeah. That, that was, was the one hundred and eighty first episode of SmackDown in all of history. We cover we, we got there with it. So uh yeah, next week's show we're gonna be talking about the February sixth, two thousand three episode of SmackDown. We're into February, folks. February mm. two thousand three. It's all very exciting. We're on the road to No Way Out, which is great, even though we talk about how we don't like it that much. <laughs> well, the road the road is weird. I think the show is a lot of fun in memory, but it's also might be just because of the crazy Montreal crowd. I mean, man, we're yes. already one week or one month through 2003. We're a twelfth of the way there. We got there, man. We are we are all the way there, and uh, it's true. I mean, uh, we're only and you know what? In just a couple of weeks. We're going to be saying goodbye to a major member of the SmackDown 6 for the duration of the rest of this podcast, which is kind of a crazy thing. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, no, it's not It's not very fun. Uh, but this very interesting thing is coming up ahead here. So uh, looking forward to a lot of crazy shows, especially leading up to WrestleMania. So honestly, even though I'm complaining about it, we still have a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting, interesting stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. join us again next week, folks. In the, uh, in the meantime, we'd love for you to share this podcast with a friend. Uh, do what you can rate us on Apple Podcasts. Get get us out there a little bit more. Like us, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. Yeah, and, share our uh, stories. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's how culture continues by sharing our stories, right? That's how oh, it all beautiful. works. So I like that. Yeah, that that's the thing. That's exactly it, folks. So thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. Will, thank you very much for joining us as well. Matt, I had a blast as always. Uh, you know, it's it's just uh, yeah. This week it was an episode of SmackDown. We talked about it. Of all the 181 episodes, this was the 181th. So I got to say I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. I hope to be back uh, at some point discussing uh, the comings and goings of our friends on the Blue and White brand. Well, Will, you will absolutely be welcome back for that. And, uh, folks, thank you for keeping the podcast alive, even if it's just the, the hot air that you're blowing into us. All the media and the fans yeah. there, which is good. And and just know that no matter what happens this week, I am not terribly disappointed in you. 